<sighs> hey there, man. Hey. Um. Wait a second. Are... Wait, What's wait, wait. What's nope. Up? Nope, we're all good. We're all good. You sure? I'm positive. Maybe it's just kind of been a while since we've done a podcast and you were like, wait a minute, does the, does the red mean it's recording? Or... Been a while. <laughs> That's what Duncan from Idaho just said from the booth. Yeah. That's that's on his I, butt rock I, playlist. I really wish there was more room in the booth for him. I feel bad. Feels like he's like really Very cramped tiny. in the booth at times. It's yeah, pretty much just big enough for him to be in there. He's got to crouch a little bit. He's got to crouch a little bit. It uh, they call him crouching Duncan hidden Idaho. Yeah. You know. When you say they, you mean you and me, right? So you you don't really need to explain that. No, the studio. Right. Oh yeah. Studio, so uh, they say that. Of course. Um, speaking of uh, like re- recordings and stuff, do I? Do you feel like I sound any different? Yeah, do I sound, you. Do I sound you, any different? You do. Yeah, you. You sound like you have a cold. Well, you do. Uh, and, and in a way, I do. Well, I mean, it, it, it. Yes, you actually just do. It's just it's a kind of cold, a certain kind of cold that you have. Is it a cold though? I mean, I mean that's what colds are. They like that's that's what a, that they're they're viruses. They're just not as bad as the one you happen to have. Yeah. Usually. What's that? What's that one again? What do I have? Um. You have a uh, spice agony. Yeah. I. My eyes haven't changed yet. They're still they're still green. That'll um, come in time. It, yeah, it will. It will. And even the memories of my ancestors are really stupid. You know, yeah. I'm all, I'm already forgetting them. So it's it hasn't really like you think it would be cool. I feel like it's kind of what Dune is about. It's like, oh, you think seeing the future is cool? Well, it's not. But like also, like you think being a Reverend Mother is cool? Well, I'm here to tell you, it yeah, it, 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 ain't, it ain't all. It ain't. Eh. Anyways, I got COVID. Yeah, you have COVID. And yeah. I just happened to spend the last five days with you. Uh, yes. In, in person. We did not record Dune Dudes or do anything no, no. We productive whatsoever, together. which is okay. It, it we was were on fun. Together. Yes, yeah. We, we vacationed together, us and our significant others. Yep. Um, we went on a vacation to Lake George. But not before going to a concert. Yeah, we we went to go see Green Day in Philly, and we were literally the first ones at the stadium. Yeah, four a.m. Yeah, four a.m. Yeah, we have the the timestamp photo to prove it. If anyone wants to fight us on that one, if you if you we if you were there and you feel like you were there before us, then allow us to send you the timestamped photo. Please reach out to us at Dune Dudes Pod on Twitter. Because yeah. I will fight you. Yep. Um, um, but that is probably where we got it, considering there were like tens of thousands of people there. Well, probably where you got it. I do right. not have COVID. I, I keep I keep talking like that because it really feels like you should have gotten it. Yeah, I mean, it. I I I do think that um, 
the the chances were uh, you know I, I think it was everything was working against me I, I think it's it's right. it's very um strange it's it's against all odds that I do not have COVID not then, my girlfriend right and then on top of all that the last night of our vacation where I'm like hey guys you know I think I'm feeling kind of sick or whatever you know we're like spending all night in the hot tub and drinking and I you know I give you a hug. And everything, you know, or, you know, it's like we we didn't do anything to uh, to distance ourselves, like no. in, in that in that no. time, and like you we just, didn't. I I mean, you dodged like several bullets. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know um, it's true. I I I feel lucky. I mean, and it's just you, I don't know. You might it's, even be a little bummed out, right? So here's the thing, <laughs> and I I have talked to my girlfriend yeah. Alexandra about this. Yeah. I really, really was. Part of me was hoping that I could have just gotten ten days off. Right. Um, if anyone deserves ten days off at this point, it's you. Thank you. For sure. Thank so. you. Yeah. I and um, it didn't did not work out that way. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean. Obviously, it's better than getting COVID and like being really sick. Yeah, but if I could be like just like a mildly sick or like a little bit sick, but still have to quarantine for ten days, I would have picked right. that. I would have picked that. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. I mean, um, oh, there's still time. If you want to swing on over, I can cough in your face. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, at this point, like I, I feel like you've that you've done that already. Essentially, uh, yeah. There's done, there's not much I've done enough. Yeah, there there there's not much more ground to cover. Maybe what needs to be done, maybe you need to like submit yourself to to exams. You know, there might be something yeah. there might be something about you in your in your genetic code that could be passed on like the Siona gene. You mm, know? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, mean maybe maybe yeah. you are the key. COVID doesn't like me, mosquitoes don't like me, other bugs don't like to bite me. Yeah. Um, it is you got some weird blood. Something I do. blood. I I've got I've, I I do have weird blood. Um, yeah, I think it'll come back to bite me in the arse at some point. But um, yeah, any anyways, you are you 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 were diagnosed with COVID last yeah. night. Tell us how yeah. you're feeling. Walk us through the uh, the timeline so far. <clears throat> um, well, so two two nights ago, then our, our last night of vacation was when it first hit me, about like five or six o'clock before we had just before we were gonna sit down for dinner. And I felt fine the whole day prior. Had no inkling that I was ill at all. And then we got back and I'm like, I feel cold. And at first, like the place we were staying at had really strong air conditioning, which I had loved. I felt so like good and and refreshed to step into like this giant central air basement. Mm -hmm. But I was like freezing all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe it's the air. But like I knew it wasn't. And then I got colder and colder, and I'm like, obviously, I'm not feeling well. Yeah. So I mentioned it to Tony, and then, you know, we said something to you guys at dinner, and I'm like, should I, like, quarantine? Or, and it was like, well, we've been hanging out together. It's kind of too late. So we, we just spent our last night together, and I was very grateful that we was a, there was a hot tub at our Airbnb because the worst part of my chills I, I think I got to experience and break in the hot tub. Yeah. And I, I don't think a doctor would recommend, like, 
trying to curtail your symptoms this Definitely way. Definitely not. I mean, you were probably so dehydrated with yeah. because you were just drinking and in the yes. hot tub for hours. I just, I was drink. I mean, it was minimum four hours in the hot tub. For minimum. sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, like four straight hours in the hot tub, getting drunk. Uh, you know, <clears throat> but, but, but all I can say is that I think it, it helped me out to, to kind of bolster me through the worst of it. And then after that, um, because I've been drinking, like I, I was still a little hot and cold, but I kind of got to pass out all right afterwards. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, uh, you know, I'm still not feeling great. We come back from our vacation. I get a rapid test. They're like, yeah, you got COVID. Um, and, uh, yeah, my symptoms haven't been as bad as the first night, but they're all still there in some form. So I'm still experiencing chills and I'm still experiencing fever and I just go back and forth between either being hot or cold. And, uh, you know, I'm, con- I'm congested and my throat is slightly irritated. Those are the, really the main things. Yeah. But aside from like the chills and the fever, the, the throat and the congestion isn't as, doesn't feel as bad to me right now as like some, some more like benign regular colds, you know, like it's actually very livable. Yeah. It's just sleeping is so shitty right now like last night when i tried to sleep i woke up in a pool of freaking sweat um it was gross tony first you thought you pissed the bed yeah oh dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm glad we can bring it back to green day um but for real but for real i i I told tony i was like oh my god i don't know what time it was probably like three or four and i'm like tony like oh so fucking gross i threw the covers off me and she's like, what? I'm like, I'm so wet. And she literally was like, did you piss yourself? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the gist of it. Um, and now you know, I, I told everyone that I have it. And, and so far, no one that I, you know, thankfully we were on vacation. So our bubble was pretty small. It was, it was pretty much tell, only us four. Yeah, right. As far as I could tell, the only person I've probably given it to inevitably is my girlfriend but even her when she went to get a rapid test she doesn't have it yet according to her test really um, it's 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 not showing not yet it will be interesting to to see if any of this does develop like because at least for me per for me personally i mean maybe the girls is different because i mean we we had been with each other since for, for uh third late thursday night Late yeah. Thursday night, the wee hours in the morning. Yes. And um, all the way until Tuesday, the day that you were you were diagnosed. So. Yep. It feels like at this point I would be um, feeling some kind of way. Um, right, you have to, right? I, I would think. have to, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and and like Alex and I, we 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 looked through the CDC guidelines and stuff, and. Um, uh, pretty much what what it says is like if you're exposed to um, somebody who has it like they don't even say that you have to get a test they just say where you know wear your mask and and if you get symptoms get a get a test obviously right. we got we got tested right away um, and then it, it just says like that then then you're fine uh, you know still wear a mask just in case and like um, 
you know, whatever. Uh, if, if you feel symptoms, then get tested again. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it... Hopefully it was a very isolated incident. It, you know, sounds like it was. Um, you know, we're all vaccinated. I think that's probably a, a really big part of it. Um, yeah. Not to get all political on the Dune <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I believe for sure, you know, my symptoms would be a lot more severe had I not been vaccinated. You know, that's what I keep hearing, too. And I, I think it must be because, um, you know, not like I, I feel great, but, you know, again, I think that this could be much worse. I feel yeah. like, you know, right now it's it's pretty livable, kind of comes and goes in waves. You can even the, record a Dune podcast. I can even record a Dune podcast. But but to be fair, I would I would push through that no matter what because we don't do this for us, man. No. We do this for the people out in Dude Nation. It's for the Dude Nation. And we can only you know, expect them to wait so long. You know, we, we can't keep having these gaps. Especially if we want to finish chapter house before the twenty second. I know. It's been getting bad. I think we're I think we're still on track, but we 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 really gotta reel it in. We do. We do. Um yeah, this this episode in particular goes out to our fans in Mexico because we've got a big, we've got a very large fan base. Oh, that's right. We're number two hundred and two in. in I, th- our I thought you, I thought I thought you were getting all political again. Oh, um, it's a pretty big political statement. Yeah, you know, tear down the wall. Yeah. Or alternatively, build the wall, but on the side of Mexico, so we can't get in. Right. There's a little door in here for them to get in if they want, but but no Americans allowed. Yeah, like a one-way <coughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, number 202 in Mexico, according to podstats.com. Yeah, it's not 202 altogether. It's like in our category, but still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, dudes talking about Dune. That's the category. Right. Would have would have thought we'd be number one there, but know. Um, you know Sad. we gotta we, we got we gotta put in the work, right? You know, um, Paul didn't just become Muad Dib, you know. He kind of did. Well, I guess, but you you gotta you gotta get to that point, you know. You do, yeah. It's not it's not page one. I mean, you, it, move to I, you 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 can make like a, you can make like a tiny whiny circular argument and be like, well, he was always going to be, you know, so like. Is he always is then? But like, you know, come on. Stephen Moffat's Dune. Yeah, Stephen Moffat's Dune. Wibbly wobbly, we hottie jihadi. Yeah. Very underappreciated. I, I think tweet. that's funny. I think that's funny. I feel like that shit have blew up. I agree. Did not get the attention it deserved. One day, there will be a a, a major reappraisal of all of your tweets. Up for sure. Do not get the fair I, share. It, it is the the Daris Balad of of twitter absolutely so absolutely so so i we don't have a theme song no 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 i was i was gonna bring that up too we still don't have a theme song still don't have a theme song that's okay. got a couple ideas got a uh, couple you know it's a good one you know it's a good one maybe every episode you could just start by um just chewing chicken wings into the mic just like a good 20 seconds of nothing but you just like sucking on a chicken bone or something and, and, and ripping all the meat off people, and just, like, chewing into the microphone. The thing is, though, is people like you know? people like m- mouth sounds. It's like an ASMR thing. <laughs> I don't think that's true. 
Oh, it is. I mean, if, that's that's why I'm doing it. The thing is, that people do, but I, I think we all we also have to acknowledge that, like, I think more people do not, and the people who do enjoy, like, what you what you call mouth sounds, what you what you refer to as mouth sounds. Yeah, I don't trust them. It doesn't matter if you trust them or not. They, I mean, they're welcome in Dude Nation. We don't have a book. Uh, they they a are welcome. <laughs> they are welcome, and I. I was I trying will, to entice uh, them. I will happily, uh, you know, accept them into our number. But I, I have no problem saying I do not trust them. If you if you go to anything looking for mouth noises, I I don't trust you. I do not trust you. That's fair. I don't like it. Mm, very yummy chicken wings, though. Just got to work. Had to, yeah. had to scarf down some wings. Had to talk down. It's just one of those things. It's a it's a necessary evil, you know. Yeah, um, of course. But anyways, I have a couple ideas that I want to run by you for okay. the theme sure. song. Okay. So these are all based off of popular. I mean, both of these these two things are based off of popular songs from whatever decade. Um, yep, as as they kind of have them. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this one's uh, and, and the lyrics are. Uh, I just I just wrote them actually, like a minute before we started uh, recording. So. All right. Let's hear it. Chapter House Hiding from honored maters Chapter House Duncan says fuck the haters It's like our house In the middle of the street You know Oh yeah Yeah. Did you look up like house songs? No I, I, just, th- I just thought of two And then, and then this, uh, this one I just have one line Okay it goes She's a chapter <laughs> House <laughs> And maybe we can expand on that, you know, yeah. from, from, uh, from, from, but those are the two thoughts I have. I like that one. Yeah. I like the, I, the second ones. I, I get the R house thing now that you explained it, but it wasn't as clear to me, but, uh, yeah. that, yeah, she's on brick. Yeah. House. We can try and, uh, flesh that out a little bit. Just letting it all hang out. Yeah. You know what I thought was going to be one of them was, uh, burning down the chapter house. Oh yeah. You know? That's really that, good one too. I don't know. Um, but I oh, like because literally that's what the animators are are wanting to do. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't know if the I don't know if the melody is lends itself. I I think there's like a real strong funny simplicity in a she's a chapter <laughs> house. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> It could that. even just be that, you know, <laughs> or that's just like it. that in the line. Yeah, we were saying we wanted to cut back, right? Yeah. I feel like we're kind of doing like we, we we've been mirroring the events of Dune through our podcast in some ways because I mean Heretics ends with the Bene Gesserit being like we got to take a look at like what how we've been keeping our records yeah and like and like what what do we what do we change what's really important to hang on to I think that's us examining our theme songs because like it's there's a reason that they got to that point in Heretics but also. You know, like was something lost? Was it too much? And so I, I think, yeah. Let's let's pull it back. Okay. For right now, let's just do. Let's do it. You want to do it together? Yeah, let's do it. Um. All right. One, two, three, four. She's a wait, 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 wait. Let's let's, let's go, so so let's go one, two, three, then then on four. So we don't say four. We, okay. We start yep, on yep, four. Yep. Okay. Yep. Got it. Got it. One, two, three. She's a She's chapter. A chapter. House. House. All right, that's it. Yeah. Simple, yeah. S- simple and sweet. Sick. Uh, one last quick order of business was 
There was a chapter from the previous episode we didn't get to talk about. Yeah. Or we or we did, but there were two things from it that were kind of glossed over. And I I, I needed you to help me out, and you were like, just fucking... Oh, no, because I didn't read it. Yeah. Remember? You read the chapter after something. Yeah. It was insane. Um, but, but anyway, so the two things were, one... Is Lucilla dead? No. We now know that that is no. I mean, I already knew. I I already knew that she wasn't. I know. And but but even in the chapter, like I thought at the time, it's it's left more ambiguous. Like Bersmali, hundred percent dead. Guy's fucking ghosted. But Lucilla, the chapter's like, ah, maybe. And it was funny to start this section because the first sentence of the first chapter in this section is Lucilla being like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was, I'm like, I'm like, Sightail was involved somehow, but I don't remember. He's on the fucking no ship. Yeah, that that's also clarified. He is on the no ship, <clears throat> the no ship with Duncan and Rubella. Yep, he is. He he is being held captive. Um, he's the last living Tyloxu master. Yes. <clears throat> so they so, think. you know, that's pretty interesting. I feel like we have some last of their kind parallels we have Waff, we have the worm although even in this section i think the worm kind of changes we get to talk about that um i mean it's i i don't know though like when were the tyloxu exterminated yeah i mean that's uh how did that happen or or yeah maybe just all the masters of i mean i don't know maybe the regular tyloxu are still around or something i don't know yeah Uh, i I think it's I think it's possible that either, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, it's not a lot of time that's passed between this and Heretics, right? But, like, it's not nothing. Maybe, maybe um, like, a decade or so. Right. So, like, maybe in between either the Bene Gesserit, who Gesserit could have doled out some kind of punishment, or the Honor Maters might yeah, just be going around, like, more likely. fucking just messing everyone up. Um so, yeah, but, I mean, bring back Sightail, we don't really get to see him, we just hear of him. Uh, but I, that was, like, another big Herbert move, and I, I continue to be, um, you know, struck with this sense of admiration, because I feel like it, it's, it's um, something that could so easily be tropey you know that feeling of like watching a new star wars or watching a marvel movie or whatever and like all the characters are always there you know and there's no consequences and and people just get to come back and isn't it cool that nothing ever changes and we get to have the same characters for like stories and stories and stories upon end but like herbert manages to find a way to bring back these characters in ways that they aren't really the same characters no. in a lot of ways. No, they aren't. And it's interesting, They're too, versions because... versions of themselves. It's interesting, too, because last book, in Heretics, we did learn that Saitel was still around. Yeah, he was name-dropped in the very beginning. Yes, he was. And... But we didn't really get to see him or spend time with him. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, this, this time around, it, it does seem like we're, we're going to get more... Uh, with him 
Yeah. Which I think is like pretty darn like um, smart for Herbert to kind of plant the seeds of him, him you know, returning in the previous book. So it's not yeah. like a, so it's not like a, a, a you know a huge what the fuck you know when when he gets name dropped uh, here so we will see but it's cool cool to have him around yeah yeah it's another one of those things that like you couldn't really be expected to predict but it makes sense given what yeah he's laid out absolutely and um you know he <clears throat> he um himself had face dancing abilities. You know, he was very sly and cunning. Um, be cool to see him, I guess, maybe up to some of his old devious tricks here within the no-ship. Um, yeah. He seems like a very dangerous captive, so. He does. Honestly, I don't even know how he's on the no-ship, exactly. Or when, or... that That's kind of a mystery to us, we right? We don't know when, just... how, or why, or even where. Or even, right. I mean, he's he's in a separate part of a uh, the ship than Duncan, and they only see each other, uh, you know, occasionally. Yeah. Right. Um. Weird. All right. I just wanted to mention one more thing. Yeah. Take your um, time, man. And this, this like freaking hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, at some point reading through this section, but up, up, up until this point. I'd been looking at the cover for Chapter House, and I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? Is this, like, the giant Honor Mater Super Laser, whatever the fuck? Yeah. And then I'm like, no. This is just the no-ship. This is the no-ship. I think. Could be. Could be. On our cover. Um, Do you know what it looks like to me? What? A giant ass worm, but no, it's so like clearly... it looks like some sort. It's like it looks like some sort of worm, uh, thing. I think it's like clearly a machine, isn't it? Not in my eyes. It could be. Well, we we had a lot to say about our uh, perspectives on perception over our vacation between yeah we don't really have to go go into that but um, no 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 but i i'm just i'm just oh, saying but a- actually you know what's funny though because when <laughs> when when alex and i were like scared of, uh, that we had covid yeah we were looking up like symptoms and stuff and one of the big symptoms is uh colorblindness so i think <laughs> i think you you did suffer from that first that was the first little little inkling that that you were infected so good to know well right. so what about what about uh what about our girlfriends? I mean, I guess they they had they probably have minor COVID, you know. Yeah, it might just be latent, right? Yeah, might just be, yeah. You better watch out then. Oh no, 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 no! It said actually colorblindness in men, but then women are just colorblind, you know. Oh right, right. All together, just, so. just across the board. Yeah, yeah, that's well. That sounds like something Herbert would have written. <laughs> it does actually. I should have. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A totally a Herbert. Uh, yeah, Herbertism. Anyways. uh... Yeah, that that's my my current theory. I was thinking about it more because like being on Dune Twitter, um, there was recently like a new Japanese trailer released, and I think like one for for Norway too. Yeah, I haven't watched and, those. Um, but I heard of those. I didn't watch them either, but people keep posting like new screen caps of them, and it's focusing on some of like the larger ships, and the depictions of like the ships in Dune are very similar to what the 
you know our chapter house cover looks like there it's almost like a giant egg okay um so anyways that's my guess i, I always i always thought it looked like show. a big like a big warm thing with the texture it's like not it's not really a machine exactly i mean it's it's i don't know i mean we'll see we'll see we'll see Anyways, um, I mean, we we got a, a good amount to talk about as usual. So, are you yes. ready to uh, to go through it here, man? Let's dive right in, buddy boy. Okay. <clears throat> so, chapter one. Connor, what happened in chapter one? Oh, um. Lucila is on um, Gamu. Yeah, right. She she is fleeing Lampadas yes. after it's destroyed. Yep. And she seeks refuge in Gamu. Thank you. Yeah, and um, she ends up uh, taking refuge with a rabbi. Yes. And there's Who? there's a lot of uh, very interesting um, history that we get get here. There. That was another thing that was kind of like dropped in the the previous section. That was one of the like myriad of things. Like we can't talk about everything for as long as we talk about Dune. I think the amazing thing is we can't talk about everything. It's Not like even close. Long. Not even close. But the message that was delivered to Odrade, they're like, how can we confirm the the legitimacy of this message that Lampadas has been destroyed? And they're like, well, it was delivered to us by the rabbi. It comes from the rabbi. And I was like, is that a code name or something? You know? Yeah. And then this chapter is like, nah, he's a rabbi. A legitimate there's, rabbi. <laughs> there's space Jews. There so, are. Yeah, or or um and and there they uh there there's a big to do made about um how they've they've survived like they're you know, maybe the only sect of people, group of people or like religious sect that has survived all these millennia and um but a long time ago they actually they went into hiding and um lucila is pretty much asking the rabbi for advice on like how to um survive a pogrom yeah um because i mean obviously when you know in reality we have a lot of things uh where the jewish people uh, were persecuted and um, you know unjustly killed and you know um, subjugated. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 a very kind of clumsy addition to the Dune canon, I think. But I yeah. do, it doesn't feel like it's um, malicious. I don't think so either, and. It's it's one of those things that um, <clears throat> I think reading it in 2021 feels a little like whoa uh, yeah you really have to question like the motives of the author and you know to to see if they are you know depicted with respect yeah. and, and thoughtfulness and um, like and. Uh, 
you know, and it, and it's tough because my understanding, you know, Herbert isn't Jewish. So it's one of those things. It's like it's yeah. it's something that someone, you know, from outside of that group is utilizing and in some ways characterizing uh, this entirely separate group of people, you know, to bring into his stories as, as part of his narrative, you know, and, and I think it's very easy and, and, and should be done to have us like pause and think about it. But it's one of those things that, that made me consider not necessarily the time this book was written, but the time in which Herbert himself like came of age yeah, and, mm-hmm. and grew up. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense for for him to, uh, you know, be influenced by, as everyone on the planet like still was in a lot of ways at that time, uh, by the Holocaust. You know, well, that's that's World, um, World War II. Dune's like the, the the formation of Dune as a whole, like that that is like post Holocaust like that's the first book comes out 20 years after you know so it's it's like ripe in the in in the um you know social consciousness yeah yeah um so I I think that's exactly it and for him I was I was like very unsure, and there are specific things I'm going to pick out and have us discuss about this chapter. But over our, our trip, I did I couldn't help myself but like be like, hey, you know, have you read yeah. uh, this and that? And I was like, Connor, what is going on with the inclusion of the Jewish people yep. in like chapter one yep. here? And I actually thought you had some very good insight into it, especially Thanks. into how I think Herbert meant it to be seen yeah why he decided to include it and and how how he wanted to be portrayed do you remember what i'm talking about you want to talk about that a bit um i mean yeah i if if you can refresh my memory i think it it just it, it was um i think just a, 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 an expansion on kind of what i was saying yeah, essentially, um, you were mentioning there's that. Parallels. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> that 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 Herbert is trying to draw a parallel between what the Jewish people have undergone, you know, throughout their history. Whether that be, uh, you know, obviously the huge examples that always spring to mind are slavery in Egypt and then yeah. uh, extermination in the Holocaust. Yeah. Um, and then who knows what happened in between then and whatever 20,000 year freaking dune years, you know. Um, but that there's a, a parallel between the, the, the struggle of the Jewish people and the, the systematic hunting and destruction of the Bene Gesserit by the Honor Maters. Exactly. Essentially that the Honor Maters are Nazis to the 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 Jewish allegory here of like the Bene Gesserit. Precisely, yep. And so they're almost like kin- kindred spirits, you know, that they they have a lot to learn from one another. Yes. In this moment. Um I mean, I don't know you know more you so the on that, but that's what you were saying. Yeah, you know, more so that the Bene Gesserit, 
really have a lot to learn from them because I mean, we think the Bnei Gesserit have been around for forever, but the Jewish people have been have been around for you know like ten times longer or something like just an yeah. insane amount of time. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do think I, I do think that's another thing that Herbert's trying to call attention to because they're not they're not uh, an evolution, you know. They're not called something different. They haven't morphed into something else over time. They they have always been the Jewish people. You know, they're the same Jewish people now as they were today. Um, that that's definitely one of like the remarkable things that he's commenting on. It's a funny thing to say. They're the same as you know. They're well they're, now. They're right, the same now. now as they are today. <laughs> now within the now of the story. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Obviously, Herbert has has had. Um, has had this on his mind before, you know, like when he brings up uh, Hitler and Messiah. I think he's trying to say something very different then, but... Yeah, ab- I, I mean, I think absolutely, he's, he's but... he's been building up to including this as well. I think so, too. I mean, there's, there's like, obviously a big part of him, his thing is, uh, you know, I mean, like, fascistic leaders and... and, and and obviously Paul's jihad movement was was compared to the Nazis, you know, extermination of the Jewish people. And it's not a comparison made in in like you know, obviously praising those those actions, it's the exact opposite. So I think you I think we can still see where his head is at um with with this inclusion. Yeah. And Ultimately, it's like they these characters seem like they're going to be big players. We have um, we have the rabbi who, as far as I know, hasn't been given a name other than that. Yeah. And then we have uh, his daughter Rebecca, who ends up stepping into this larger role, as we're going to be talking about. Yes. Too. So it it feels like you know these aren't just side characters coming in to help the. Benny Jesuit out of one tight spot, and then we're off to this other thing. I mean, they are like really having a spotlight shown on them here. Like, I yes. think this is going to be the book, you know? Yeah. Um, which, like, wow. You like, no, nothing is off the table for this man. <laughs> like, I know. Absolutely. Uh, so, so yeah, here we are. Um, <clears throat> All right, I got a few notes to talk about here. Um, but yeah, essentially what happens is Shion, or sorry, um, Lucilla meets up with the, the rabbi, the contact, um, mentions that the Bene Gesserit and the Jewish people have had like this kind of secret alliance for however many like thousands of years because of a past reverend mother yeah um or maybe even a reverend mother superior who like thought it would be an an advantageous relationship for them um so that's our explanation for these two groups coming together uh and there were just a couple interesting things i want to point out um here let me just get situated a little better Oh fuck! That probably sounded. Oh. That probably sounded like loud. That was my microphone. Duncan won't take that out. 
It's all right. I mean, we'll just. All right. Can you hear me okay? Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, where was I? Okay. So, page 43. Um, they mention the Battle of Corinth. And this is something that I've only, I, I forget if this is in the books, but I feel like I only really know it from uh, just like reading Dune stuff on the side. Do you know what yeah. the Battle of Corinne is? I've heard of, I've, I've heard the name, but I don't know. Um, well, here, let me read the line. Um, oh, actually, and it's it's even talking about the, the, the beginnings of the relationship between the Reverend, or the Bene Gesserit and the, the Jewish people. It says, we did not disturb the situation until I, Mother Superior, during and after the Battle of Corinne, very old indeed, saw that their sisterhood had need of a secret society. Um, the Battle of Corinne is where the name Corino comes from. Oh. And it was, it was like the decisive battle in the in the Carinos, like, establishing themselves as emperor of the entire universe. Okay. So before the Battle of Corinne, there was no Padishah, Emperor, Carino, whatever. This is what made them. This is what gave them that seat. And that wow. Power. So, yeah, um, something very old. That might have been in the Dune glossary, the first book, but I feel like I've just, like, heard people talk about that on the side. Um so that was cool that we get that there. And then and then there there's a mention of there's a mention of Edric on the bottom of page yes. 45 yes. too. Mm -hmm. That I was like, "What?" So I'm going to read this quick. Thank God I take notes because I know. Imagine if we only talked for like an hour about like the most important general brushstrokes. Like who wants that's, to do that? That's not us. That, it needs to be, us. we got to get in the weeds here, right? We get into the nitty-gritty. This is why people come to us. In fact, we get into the nitty-gritty, sometimes we, we talk for an entire episode, and then we're like, wait, we didn't talk about this big thing. We, I know. We, we just talked about, um, you know, uh, <laughs> vaginal pulsation. Pulsing. Pulsing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But you can't, you can't pass that. No, no. So. Here's the shit with Edric. Bottom of page 45, it says, um... There is a guild navigator on Gamu helping the search for you, he said. I guess it's the red eye talking. It is one of Edric's, very powerful, I am told. I have seen Yona blood, says Lucilla. He cannot see me. Um, I mean, I guess it's like a Edric Gola, too? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, Edric dies. Yeah. In Messiah, yes, he's, he does. He's yes. killed in the yes. like conspiracy thing. Yes. Um, I guess I get that we would have resurrections of like the Tleilaxu masters. I'm not sure why they're like, oh yeah, let's bring back Edric. But I guess someone felt we should. Um, I don't know. So they yeah. mentioned that. <clears throat> Uh, and then here's the thing. Actually, maybe I'll talk about that last. Let me go to page 47 quick. My other note, socializing and communistic 
systems. Here we go. I'm going to read yep. this line. Socializing and communistic systems only changed the counters that measured profits. Enormous managerial bureaucracies. The counter was power. What do you, uh, do you have any thoughts on what Herbert is? Yeah. May or may or may or may or, it's COVID. I can't talk. May yeah, or may you, not you, be You've got COVID there. brain. You've got COVID brain. I have complete COVID brain I know. right now, man. Um, yeah, I think um, it's definitely, you know, a uh, uh, critique on the status quo, but also um, critiquing communism or socialism as, as, a, uh, as a, a better way. Because I guess he's saying that even it, under a different power structure, um, these same systems would, would still grow. Um, which, I mean... Or, that, that, or there's, that there's still opportunities for, like... Opportunistic, power-hungry people, power hungry yes. people yes. right, too, yeah. Which I, I personally think is kind of a... Um, a, a pretty cheap argument, but, but I do, but, but I, I also understand it. Do you think this goes back to Herbert's libertarianism? Yeah, absolutely, of course. Right? Yeah, big time, big time. I, I just couldn't help, I mean, like, obviously I, I really uh, focused in on socializing and communistic systems. I was like, I'll bring yeah. that one up to Connor. Yeah, no, it's definitely, <clears throat> definitely thought, uh, you know, thought that I had. Um, but uh, I can't blame him. He, he, he knows not what he does, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And then there's just two more lines I want to bring attention to having to do with, um, I guess, the Bene Gesserit's view through perspective, through Lucilla, like, of, of the Jewish people. Um, one's on page, it's 49 going into 50. Pogrom was embedded in the psyche of secret Israel. I guess there's a secret in there. Oh, yeah. And thanks to the unspeakable, which is capitalized and italicized, and thanks to the unspeakable, the chosen people would never forget. No more than they could forgive. Here's why I want to bring that up. I think when he writes the unspeakable there he's referring to the holocaust uh-huh yeah and i i think the language that he uses to describe it is is interesting because it feels very akin to something else in Dune that we have a lot of experience with so thanks to the unspeakable the chosen people would never forget no more than they could forgive which i think kind of has a parallel to what leto does through his golden path mm. to all the people of the galaxy. Yeah. This, this idea that you can like be responsible for such immeasurable harm that like it's literally passed on within like the genetics of the affected people. It's kind wow. of like Herbert's thing in a way, you know, you'll feel it, you'll know it in your bones, right? And uh, and and so I think in in some ways, it, it, my reading of it is that Leto's golden path is likened to like a species-wide Holocaust, mm -hmm. not done in the same way. But I, I think he's trying to draw a connection there. 
and and also that the effects of the Holocaust have some similarities in what Leto accomplishes in that it's like the undergoing of um, insane like cultural wide tragedy that um, according to Herbert I believe pushes people into um, like having to behave differently as a consequence that that the the Jewish people even thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years removed just like no amount of time removed from Leto's golden path the amount of time doesn't matter the fact is that it it, it happened and its imprint is always felt permanently yes. on the people that it affected yeah that makes um, a lot of sense and so i think that that's why this line is kind of included here yeah. and i want to talk about that quick i think it's I, I mean, if if I'm reading it properly, of course, it's like... Connor, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Give me one second. That's okay. It's okay. Pause. Yeah, anyways, I mean, I, I feel like at this point, especially, like, me being, like, millennial and, like, thinking about, like, discourse and shit, like, yeah. the safest course of action... Uh, is essentially to not compare anything to the Holocaust. You know, like I, I, I wouldn't really be making like grand uh, comparisons to like anything, and then be like, yeah, that's like the Holocaust. Um, but I think that that's kind of what Herbert is doing here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, but it, he it, just he just doesn't spell it out. Yeah, I, I, I think that went over my head a little bit, but now that you uh, talk about it in, you know, with in in those real life kind of uh, terms, it yeah, it makes total sense because I feel like that's I mean they are kind of similar traumas that don't get don't just you know get shaken out of you they 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 remain in your you know in your being at like a cellular level you know you, you know like so. Yeah, that's that's really that's that's a that's a very interesting Herbert idea right there. Yeah. Um, part of it is it does feel weird that he's using an actual, you know, people and like real life traumatic events like to to serve a purpose in a story, but also it's like I don't know. I'm, I know I, I can't I can't really reconcile it completely. Cause yeah. It, to me, it feels like he's like, hey, that's just like what my giant worm does in my fourth book. Like. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I, exactly. I don't. I don't think he's he's um, that. I I think Herbert himself probably would have like immense respect and really believe in like the the care of like treating these these events with like intense reverence. I would yeah. hope as we continue I, to read on. Um, I, I I think he absolutely would. I I, I I think he himself you know is kind of a historian and yeah, obviously he is. Um, you know, a big believer in the, in the people's power. And, yeah. And, uh, so I, I, I would be remiss to, to, to make clear that I, I, I do believe that he, he, uh, you know, is for the liberation of, of all people. Yeah. <sighs> um, Okay. And 
I just have one more thing okay. that I want to comment on in this chapter. Something that Lucilla comments on to herself and then kind of returns back to it at the end of the chapter. And then we can move on, my friend. Um, it's the bottom of page 46. Let's see. The line is... Um, Here, here, I'm going to read this quick exchange. <clears throat> we are your willing servants, the rabbi had said. That was guaranteed to alert a reverend mother. The explanations of Odrade's crystal felt suddenly inadequate. It's almost always profit. She accepted this as cynical, but from vast experience. Attempts to weed it out of human behavior always broke up on the rocks of application. Okay, so I'm just going to come out and say it. When I read that line, my thought was, so Lucilla's thinking about, like, what's really the motives of this rabbi guy? Yeah. And the thought to herself is, it's almost always profit. And if you put those two things together, in my mind... I think it's very easy to make the leap. It's like, is is Herbert drawing attention to, uh, you know, the, the well, I don't know, prejudice? Sure. Yeah, stereotype. Yeah. Um, right, that, that the Jewish people are, are greedy and, and uh, you know, money hungry. Which, which, of course, it has always, always, always been uh, yeah. slander. It's, yeah. Um, a false narrative created, you know, by other people attached to them in order to justify all the horrible things that have been done to them. That's another huge part of the Holocaust. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems and, like incredibly tone deaf. Um, if, I, if, uh, if, if that is what he was inferring, it's almost hard well, to believe. So, so here's, Here's why I want to bring it up, because I think Herbert pivots at the end of the chapter. And I, here's the thing. I don't think that's what he's saying, but I do think it's what he's alluding to when he includes it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think this is a, um, an affirmation where Herbert's like, yeah, Jewish people agree. Stereotype holds up. He's like, people still think this about them and it's not true. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. but much like a lot of the things he's kind of dancing around in this chapter, to include them, I think feels so bold and strange. Yeah, that it it <laughs> it really like sets off a, a a lot of like very close reading for me, where I'm like, I really gotta like parse this out and figure out if like Herbert is going down some some path that I'm not comfortable with again, or, or if he's like trying to, um, include these things for a, you know, hopefully a better purpose. Yeah. So here's how the chapter ends. I'm going to bring it back. Um, uh, so Rebecca and Lucilla do the thing where they, they share their memories. Rebecca, the rabbi's daughter gets all of Lucilla's memories. Um, 
And the thing is, Rebecca's candor, here's the line, Rebecca's candor gave Lucilla no escape. It is the only way we can save ourselves and maintain our credibility. Um, Lucilla realizes she's going to be sold, I think is what it is. So that was why the rabbi had made her think of guards and power brokers. Clever, clever, and I accept it as he knew I would. So bankers, power brokers, that's what gets Odrade to think that profit-driven thing in the beginning. And then yeah. the chapter ends, she goes, oh, that's really why he was doing it. Um, you know, she's kind of the one who stumbles too quick into this this stereotype or this prejudice. Yes, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah, turns yeah. out that that is not the intent yeah. of the characters here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did want to draw attention to that. Because, boy, when I read that line first, I was like, where is this going? Yeah. Where yeah. is this going? No, it's, it's a very, I don't know, not complex, but it's it's a very, like, dense, like, um, situation, you know? That's, that is, it's not easy just to parse if you're just reading it casually. Like, there's, yeah. there are layers to this that, that you know, I, I did not pick up on uh, during my first read that I think you're totally right about now on, on further examination. Well... Yeah, I had to think about this first chapter a lot. Hopefully we can go through the other ones a bit quicker. Um, but I, I mean, to include such a thing in, in your book, I felt like, um, yeah, really, really required a lot of examination on my part. Yeah. And I'll continue to do as best I can as yeah, we go through. I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Here's my question to you, if you remember. Um, the way this chapter ends, I know I just read like literally the last line, but, um, this is the line just previously, uh, this wild reverend mother of the Jews committed her life to the assurance, something else. Lucilla gasped as she saw it. The rabbi intended to sell her to the honored maiders. The driver of the produce carrier had been one of their agents come to confirm that there was indeed a woman of Lucilla's description at the farmhouse. Here's why I bring this up. Because when I read that line, my first thought is, oh, well, okay. So Lucilla, the only way she can escape is to be sold, right? That's the idea. Yes, yeah. But I'm pretty sure in one of the chapters afterwards, and I, I definitely have a note for it so I can go back to it. But people are talking about her like she's dead. And they, yeah, yeah. it turns out that Rebecca is, next time we catch up with her, yeah. she's with the Honor Mater. So yeah. then I'm like, did I misunderstand that? And it was Rebecca who was sold and Lucilla's dead. But even reading the line just now, that's still not what the line sounds like to me. And I'm a little confused. Can you just re- 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 read it, read that line? Yeah, I can. Um, <clears throat> Lucilla gasped as she saw it. The rabbi intended to sell her to the honored maiders. Which, her, uh, her it's like, oh, who does that refer to? Could so it be Rebecca? My, It could be. But my, my first thought on that was sell her out. To the honor maters, the honor maters yeah. don't want to buy her; they want to kill her. She's been a Jesuit, you know. Um, that's oh. kind of what I—that's what I think. Uh, I, I see. Uh, you know, that's... I'm, I'm not sure, but 
No, 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 no. I'm. It's actually. It feels like that's another thing that maybe should have been more obvious to me. But you're you're right. Um, the idea is that she's been sold. But like you're saying, the honor maiders aren't in the business of keeping slaves. They no. just kill them. Yeah. So she gets sold to them. Especially Bene Gesserit, yeah. Right. And then the expectation is just that, well, that that's essentially a death sentence. Lucilla's death. Yeah. And, and that's what she was thinking, you know, all along. Um, right. It, you know, whether that happens or not, we don't know yet. But Right, right. Yeah. And that's also, of course, why when we do catch up with Rebecca. She has all these like augmentations to her to make it seem like she is not a reverend mother. Yes. In the presence of the honor mater because they would just kill her. They wouldn't. even. And I mean, she anticipates maybe being in their, um, you know, hold for, for months potentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she has these like contacts or something that, that'll make her eyes not blue. Uh, but that will eventually run out and, and she'll be, found out but uh, you know, yes it doesn't go that way but but yeah they, they went to great lengths to, to make it look like she she was not Bene Gesserit totally alright I know that one was a, a bigger one to get through I had a lot to say about yeah. Herbert's inclusion of the Jewish people in his story um, but I, I'm glad that we, we got to go over it so um, that that was nice yeah absolutely and, and I, I, I don't know I Part of me feels like it's um, like the portrayal at that time in the eighties was is, is maybe like relatively not progressive but like kind to you know in in, in comparison to, to media to you know common media elsewhere. But I don't know. I wasn't alive back then. Um, but uh, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, it could be. I mean, at this point. I think we're at least seeing them as, I I don't know if I'd say like story-wise, like equals, you know, we've spent so much time with the Bene Gesserit over the course of these six books that it'd be hard to introduce someone and be like, yeah, they're like on the same playing field. But, you know, they're clearly shown to be like two groups of people who have kind of like an immense respect for what each of the uh, uh, one has accomplished. You know, they both had to struggle and adapt yeah. for so long, like they kind of can't help but have a kind of reverence for one another. Yeah, yeah. I mean and the other thing that is is kinda is, is kinda weird too, um, is just that we have not ever heard of of there being a secret Israel or, you know, no. of of uh of uh, the Jewish people existing. Right. Um, still. So that's Secret Israel is a little bit like a chapter house parallel too. You know, it sounds yes. like both yeah, the, right. the Jewish people and the Bene Gesserit sort of have this one mm. central location that like if it was ever found out, like that's, mm-hmm. you know, they can be destroyed elsewhere, but they sort of both have a core, it sounds like. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if that is the future of the Bene Gesserit, just this very underground order. Yeah. Um. But we'll see. Totally. All right. Chapter two. Chapter two. Chapter two. Chapter two is meeting back up with Shiana. Yeah, here we go. Some Shiana action. Pretty damn cool. She's older. 
um, seems a bit more cynical and yeah. world weary. Not really too stoked about being a Reverend Mother after all. Um, no, no, yeah, we 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 learn a lot about her relationship with the Bene Gesserit. Yeah, I I find it very interesting to pick up Shiana's story here at a time of like great. Kind of, it's you know, it seems like there's like a lot of inner tor- turmoil within her for like the decisions that she's made, and it's exactly what Odrade was warning her about in Heretics. You know, Shiana was like so starry eyed, yeah. Um, all she could think about was kind of like gaining the cement power through the Bene Gesserit, and Odrade is like, you know, I there there is a you know, there there's strength in living your life as like a normal human being. You know, once yeah. you become a Bene Gesserit, you can never go back. Like you don't know what you have to lose in order to become us. And um you know, of course the tragedy is you only realize that once you do it, right? So um here we have Shiana recognizing that that at this point in her life. Um and I think it's really cool to express that through the lens of like her being an artist. You know, like she doesn't just, she yeah. isn't just sitting there think about it. Like she makes sculptures, she makes cool with like sculptures, cool yeah. sci-fi technology. Yep. Um, that was a really, uh, a really good move on Herbert's part because you know it's mm. like yeah, it expands the universe and feels feels a bit more like grounded and real in some ways. But like also, it it's just a a good shorthand to kind of like visualize what's going inside of Shiana on the outside, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And and in the end, she can't figure it out in this chapter. She just destroys no. the, the sculpture yes. wholesale. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this would be a really cool scene. It sounds like she kind of like wears these gloves to s- sculpt and mold this like, very valuable cool. rock thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she just can't get there. But uh, but yeah, Shiana's an artist. Um, I don't know. I, I have a couple things to touch on here, but for the most part, this just has a lot to do with like conflict within Shiana, I guess, and sort of reintroducing her as a character. Um, is there anything you feel like mentioning in, for this chapter? Um, I mean, yeah, this chapter is interesting. I think. We, I don't know if if we 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 get briefly a, um, I think it was mentioned before that Shiana is, you know, she was exposed to the Honored Mater's techniques at a young age, and she is right, more yep. more willing to um, experiment with that kind of power than the Bene Gesserit um, at large are, uh, or or encourage. Um, so she thinks about that too. There's, there's, you know, ways she is rebelling. Um, I forget if she mentions Duncan at all in this chapter. Um, I, I think she, I think she does, even if it's not like too focused. In yeah, on, but, I mean, um, so she, she is developing oh, a rapport actually, with Duncan. I, I have the line right here. If okay. You don't mind. Um, <clears throat> but Shiana was forced to admit that she harbored oddly confused feelings about Duncan, Idaho, the hand talks, the touching, and what could they say to Odrade when she come prying? So, so that's a good point because 
really what what is happening with their bond here. Shiana and Duncan are secretly working together yes, to escape. To escape, yeah. Yeah. We're kind of getting a fulfillment of what felt like would be the story of Heretics. We thought that would be the Chapter climax, House. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, during through this bond, um, Shiana is also developing feelings. She is. And and it does seem like there there's tension between her and Marbella, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Shiana does kind of represent a, a more rebellious... Uh, non-traditional Bene Gesserit. And, and yeah. other Bene Gesserits are taking notice and even following suit. That's yes. something that um, oh, that's something that Belanda uh, complains to Odrade about later. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that Shiana has this real sway. Um, and in fact, not within the Bene Gesserit, but at the bottom of page 52, there is a line that, that refers to even more power that she, she has um, because she's developing a cult outside of herself as well. Well, that's that is the the whole Bene Gesserit plan is to make her into a somewhat of a god, right? Kind of loosely based off of Leto's, uh, um, you know, feverish devotion. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny how that happens. It kind of reminds me of um, in God Emperor. Leto will get reports sometimes. I think uh, at one point, Monio's like, like, yeah, by the way, there's kind of like a cult developing for, for like um, Aaliyah or whatever, you know, somewhere yeah, in this I pocket know. of the galaxy. Yeah. And Leto's just like, yeah, you know, I forget if he says like, kill them all or don't worry about it, you know, but like it's... I, th- I, I think he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's that's, Yeah, right. It's, a, it's healthy for them to, uh, you know, go, go through those phases yeah. yeah but it's funny how like that that crops up you know either intentionally or otherwise it it's, is funny it's the repetitions of history connor it you is can you can yeah. intend to repeat history or you cannot know about it and you will find yourself repeating it nonetheless yeah absolutely yep yep that's um, what we discussed last time i thought that was kind of the big insight from the beginning yeah of yeah yeah i mean and it it's i don't know because they've done so much or a lot of talking about not creating another Kwisatz Haderach. Yeah. Obviously, Shiana isn't quite the Kwisatz Haderach, but, um, you know, choosing your most, you, 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 I mean, your, your youngest, most rebellious, you know, reverend mother to be the the, fig, the, the head of a, uh, a new religious order is, uh, it's, it's pretty ballsy of them. Pretty ballsy uh, yeah. Them they... You, you can't imagine they have a lot of control over that situation. Um, and I think, you know, I think the more, like, reserved Reverend Mothers, such as Belanda and Tamalane, are worried about that. And Odrade, you know, kind of represents some of that rebelliousness within her as well. You know, she... Yeah. She's not taking it as far as we you know, speculate it could be possible at the end of Heretics where it's like, well, to do the Bene Gesserit, like, accept love as a real emotion? And Chapter House is like, no, I mean, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go crazy here. But I think Odrade does, um, you know, slacken the reins on on those that the Bene Gesserit have historically Yeah. Even amongst their own number. Yeah. I think she is similar to Leto, too. 
Um, she, you know, instead of by brute force, she's kind of making those um, the, the the circumstances for those changes to occur happen just kind of behind the scenes and you know not mandating or anything but but she definitely seems to be worried about Shiana but also not also kind of a little bit hands off yeah 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 I mean there's only so much you could do like at this point all the Benny Jesuit are also kind of like well you know we we chose to go down this path right I mean yeah um I mean, they, they could stop it. And certainly, you know, Belanda, again, has made the argument, at least for Duncan, she just wants Duncan to die, you know. She does, um, yeah. At the very least. Yeah. So. But also, um, like, they, they don't really have nearly as much power as they did in the beginning of Heretics, you know. No, like, no, no. So, no. so they don't really have as much sway. Um, and, you know, also Shiana, like, the rise of Shiana is potentially, like, the way forward for them, too. Like, if... If if they strike that balance right, so it's a yeah. it's, it's a thin True. it's a thin line to walk. Yeah, they're definitely gambling. Um, I wanted to touch on just two quick things here. One is on page fifty three. This might have been brought up before, but it's it's just spelled out clearly here. So I thought it'd be interesting to touch on. Um, uh, it has to do with the honored maiders and where they come from. Uh, the line is as follows. Marbella's clues said fish speakers and reverend mothers in extremis formed the honored maters. Fish speaker democracy become honored mater autocracy. The clues were too numerous to ignore. Um, so, so yeah, so the honored maters are this weird, scattered fusion of like rogue Benny Gesserit and Fish Speakers. So, in a way, I think the Fish Speakers are like still kind of involved. They are still kind of with us. They are still kind of with us. And I mean, it still isn't even really proven. You know, it's like no, it's, it's just highly theorized, and it makes it makes sense. But um, yeah, but yeah, and and then I forget what chapter it is, but it's it's uh, you know, the 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 questions of like, well, why would a Benny Gesserit do this? Why would why would this transformation occur um you know are do we all have the potential to be like this you know yeah yeah i um i feel like nine times out of ten when when herbert strongly theorizes something that essentially means like for the purposes of understanding the dune universe you should accept this as a fact i but one of the things that makes the universe like feel alive and believable is like things just aren't easily understood, right? Like you can accept that as an explanation and it's probably right. But the fun thing is that it's not just told to you. And if you think it's something else and you have reasons from the text to support it, you can make that argument and Herbert's not going to say you're wrong, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I think that is a, that's a strength of his writing for sure. So, um, all right. And then the final thing, middle of page 54 what did I want to read here? It says, we talk. Oh, okay. I'm going to read this line. We talk about ways for Duncan and Marbella to escape you. Oh, this is, this is, this is kind of just coming off of what I was just talking about. Actually, this is, 
Shiana thinking, what would I say to Odrade if she asked me, what is it that Duncan and I are talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, We talk about ways for Duncan and Mirbella to escape you, Mother Superior. We talk about other ways to restore Teg's memories. We talk about our own private rebellion against the Bene Gesserit. Yes, Darwi Odrade, your former student has become a rebel against you. So I I just liked that line because it really um, clearly sets up the, the stakes and the conflict between these two characters, you know, who formerly had a very strong mother-daughter bond. They know? did. Yeah, yep, they really did. And uh, I think she's just jealous yeah. of, of Little Tag. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we we've seen that story a million times, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean that that's like a uh, that's like uh, Tommy Tommy Pickles. Yeah, you know when Dill comes into the picture, going back to going back to Tommy. Yeah, yeah. When Dill, when Dill, uh, sorry, when Dylan Prescott Pickles. Oh my God, <laughs> comes into the picture. Tommy's like, hey, I I was I was like big big pickle on I'm campus. I'm the baby here. in charge. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's probably just the most classic and well known example. I'm sure there's others, but uh, yeah, we see. You know, you you feel pushed out, right? You yeah. know, yep, you feel you pushed really out. You really do. As as a as an older sibling, you really do. <laughs> you wouldn't know. No, no. I'm the one that my older sibling got pushed away for, and it, it felt great, by the way. You're the baby. Yeah, I'm the baby. I'm Dylan Prescott Pickles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we should do a Rugrats podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be awesome. Um, Maybe like, uh, maybe like, uh, I don't know. Rugging the rats. Or That's it. You got it. We got our title. Rat rugs. You got our the title. Old, the old, the old rug and tug. That's even better. Keeps getting better. Should have stopped. Yeah. Oh no no no! Wait 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 wait! It's gonna be so stupid. But instead of rug rats, rug chats. Rug Connor. chats. Rug chats. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? That's that's fucking good. That's fucking good. That's pretty good. good. That's good. If there isn't a Rugrats podcast called Rug Chats, then um, from our myriad of listeners, you have my blessing to start it. But you must, you must give credit to us for coming up with the idea. So yeah, give please, us a shout out. please, you, you have to at least give us a. a but little if, bit if of, anyone, a bit of a if anyone out. starts, if anyone starts Rug Chats. We're not asking for any financial compensation here, um, unless you really blow up, in which case we will sue you afterwards. But oh yeah, um, just some exposure would be great. So we're 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 not afraid to uh, you know use uh, our our lawyer. Um, That's right. To to fuck you up. Yeah, we we do have a very a very um, powerful and wealthy lawyer who knows a lot of people. Yeah, he he's been described as mentat like. Yes, mentat like lawyer. Yeah, no, that's a sitcom. <laughs> mentat lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see like the late night uh, programming 
on on Caledon or whatever. Oh my god, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It'd be like uh Tommy Taladan, the Mentat lawyer from Caledon. <laughs> right? Oh god. Something stupid like that. Anyways, uh so yeah, so so Shiana seems to represent and and I kind of like fulfills the promise of heretics, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, yeah. that you know, heretics itself I think puts a lot of focus on like what Teg and Terraza kind of always come back to when the going gets tough, which is this idea of the unexpected. The mm. ability to um you know, act independently. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a very, very big, like, support and, and promotion of this idea of, like, the rebellious human spirit. Yeah. And, and in Heretics, it's largely portrayed as a good thing. And I Mm -hmm. think Chapter House is like, well, not that what Shiana is thinking is bad either, you know, but simply that it's going to lead to conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think this is kind of this is kind of fulfilling the promise of of heretics, um, and there, you know, where there's rebellion, there's tension. Uh, it can be a good thing, but also, you know, cause turmoil and things to fall apart. And you know, maybe maybe they're gonna prove Leto right. What do you mean? They're gonna they're they're gonna dissolve under the oh own, destroy uh, themselves yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yep <clears throat> maybe so um I don't know if we'll I the the one thing that keeps hanging over me like a cloud is I I don't think we'll get to find out in this book I don't I I'd be very surprised and yeah. I, and and do you know what though I think that I think I feel like maybe that's okay yeah I mean we will of course be discussing the uh i don't know i i guess like what what's what's that called the the shit that's outside of like the actual text um for that yeah it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the meta you know Mm -hmm. like like the meta of it you know because there's the book that was written and then there's the man who wrote it and the audience that's surrounded, right? Yes. And of course, Herbert yes. died before yes. he could complete his final book. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's and then that's going to be something looming. Over then this. his fail son decided to to, to, <laughs> to turn it into two books with, well, with 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 the notes that his father left that we've never even seen. Yeah. He's yeah. never even shown us the notes. How, what the fuck? That's kind of that's that's a little shady, it's yeah. A little shady. Just publish the notes. Mm-hmm. The notes should have been included in the book. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. I agree. Like a, or like a companion piece. You know. What did you change, Brian? What are you afraid of? You know. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of people don't think that the uh, the notes even he, exist. He, he probably put in like fifty speed vaginal pulsing, and he's like, "Well, my father thought of this." Probably, yeah. Was... But I, but I wouldn't be surprised. That actually, he would have thought of. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I, I I kind of feel like the Brian Herbert books are more prude. 
I that's a vibe I got. I mean, I that's I have no reason to believe that. Obviously not, but but that's also the vibe I get. I if hear it's like if, much if you much look more at action him. adventure. If you look at pictures less, of him, yeah. It looks like oh, just he, pictures of him. It looks yeah. like he's 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 more of a prude than his father. Yeah, not like not like this guy. No, no, he's not hung like like Herbert. No, no. Standing a stud at all Standing times. Standing a stud, guy. indeed. All right. Um, shall we move on to our third chapter? Yes, sir. Okay. Chapter three. Chapter three. Belanda is <clears throat> talking to Odrade. And what the fuck is this? What's chapter three again? <laughs> God damn it. Chapter three. That's the one after two. Uh oh yeah yep. okay but before four or it's usually before it's it's usually right before four okay gotcha yeah. so in between is it safe to say in between two and four or do you think like that's a tough one I'm gonna bet on yes okay that that makes me feel like maybe not you don't always have a knack for these things especially like I'm numbers not a numbers guy I'm not a numbers guy exactly. you're really not a numbers guy I don't even know if you've I'm read the exactly correct chapters guy. for this section so far but. Yeah, I mean we're doing okay. Well, so far, so, 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 I mean, so far so good. But yeah. um, this this seems to to be a meeting between the Reverend Mother's uh, Belanda Tamalane and Reverend Mother Superior Odrade. Just about um, they're they're a very precarious situation that we've been alluding to with um, you know having Duncan Marbella sidetail on the no ship while they are being systematically destroyed by automators. Yes. It's kind of them just having a meeting, and they're like, everything's fucked, and what do we do about it? Exactly, yeah. Everything's fucked. Um, so, I I don't remember specifics about this chapter, so I am going to return to my notes probably right off the bat. Um, but before I do, is there anything you want to mention about this chapter i like to ask? Um... I mean, I'm going to think about it as it goes. Okay. Yeah, this one is really kind of a blank for me. So let's see. Uh, on page 61, uh, <clears throat> Belanda has a hypothesis. It reads like this. Honored Mater with captive Reverend Mother. Oh, oh, this is her hypothesis on where the honor maters themselves come came from i believe yeah um they're talking about the power that the honor maters wield so how were our first scattered ones lured into this dead end earlier balanda had offered her hypothesis honored mater with captive reverend mother taken prisoner in the first scattering welcome reverend mother we would like you to witness a small demonstration of our powers, interlude of sexual demonstration, followed by a display of honored mater physical speed, then withdrawal of melange and injection of the adrenaline-based substitute laced with a hypnodrug. In that hypothetical trance, the Reverend Mother was sexually imprinted. That, coupled to the selective agony of melange withdrawal, Bell suggested, 
might make the victim deny her origins. So, like, and then they kind of mention, like, you said, right, like, could any Reverend Mother succumb to this fate, like, through this process? Um, yeah, this is what I was talking about. Right. But that's that's her idea, and I wanted to, to read it out just because... Um, it's interesting to see just one character's take on like what what that process might have to look like in order for them to like fully transition. Yeah. But I don't really have much else to say on it. I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, and then page sixty three. What did I write down? <clears throat> um. Here's another line for you. Both sides shared a fantasy. Sightail was paying the Bene Gesserit for rescue from the Honored Maters and Sanctuary on Chapter House. So that that gives us where Sightail came from. So yeah, he is paying the Honored Ma- or he is paying the Bene Gesserit for Sanctuary on Chapter House within the No Ship. But every Reverend Mother who studied him knew something else drove the last Lailaxu master. Oh, and, and I guess he's he's he, he plays a big part in them in their axolotl tanks. Yes, I think but, that that's probably why holding. they were able to make them. Yeah, yep, I think place. so. I, I, I think it is Sightail, but they do mention that he's withholding some information. Yeah, that right. They, they know that they don't know everything and that Sightail's not going to tell them everything. You're right. Something's yeah. a little off. But, like, they each get enough from the other that, you know. I mean, because Sightail is rescued, but he's, like, still a prisoner, too. So they, yep. they both kind of yep. get something that they want at the expense of something else. Yep, exactly, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. And then page 66, I just have two more notes here for chapter three. This is, um, this is Odrade and Merbella talking. And this is Merbella to Odrade. So there's no love among the Bene Gesserit. How sad her tone. There was hope for Merbella yet. Loves occur, Odrade said. But my sisters treat them as aberrations. So what I feel for Duncan is aberration. And sisters will try to treat it. They talk a bit more. But essentially, um, also interesting to see the differences between the Honor Maters and the Bene Gesserit even further. Where, like, you know, the Bene Gesserit keeps saying, like, the the Honor Maters are kind of, like, slaves to this, like, power-hungry, insane sexual passion that kind of just, like, eats up and destroys everything beyond it there's there's no um there there's no uh, like stability to it you know no. it's kind of just like consuming resources yes and and it, it, it will destroy itself eventually um but then it's, it's interesting to see that the honor maters seem to have a place in their organization for love you know rubella is kind of like surprised or or at least like oh like so you guys just don't love at all you know yeah that is interesting that yeah that that really is an interesting thought. Um, hmm. It's 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 hard to believe that the Honored Maters love. Right. Yeah, I mean, from everything we've seen of them, it doesn't feel like they do, but 
you know, the only one who's really been a character is Mirbella. We've seen a bit of uh, Spider Queen and and Logno, yeah, but not enough to give us a, I think, a good insight. But Mirbella here just flat out says, "I love Duncan." You know, yeah. so what I feel yeah. for Duncan is aberration. I mean, Mer- and and we know that it's like a weird, uh, like crazy sexual imprinting love too like but to her you know uh she feels it as love you know and i I think that's valuable so yeah for sure yeah i mean um, uh i wonder if other honor majors are afflicted with that (laughs) right but the same aberration Mm -hmm. yeah and then lastly (coughs) at the end of the chapter um it's Odrade and uh, Belanda talking in. And Odrade thinks to herself, at least Belle was no longer calling Mirbella whore, Odrade thought. That was an improvement. And I thought that was an interesting way to leave the chapter off just because... Um, I guess just because it implies to me that... Uh, you know, that Odrade has like bigger plans for Mirbella. And, yeah. And that, um, you know, she needs the other Bene Gesserit to, like, be on her side. And I, I know that, like, I, I think what they've been talking about off and on is really trying to, like, um, I guess do the opposite of what we've just been talking about. Like, you know, how does a Reverend Mother become an Honor Mater? They're all freaking out. But they're, like, trying to figure out, can we make an Honor Mater become a Reverend Mother? That's the problem that yeah, exactly, Andrade yeah. is facing right now. Mm-hmm. And... And Odrade seems to be the only one, like, up to the task of trying it. Belanda, and, you know, kind of by proxy, like, Belanda seems to be kind of the stand-in for, like, the more level-headed Reverend Mothers, where yeah. whereas Odrade is kind of, like, a bit more experimental, I think. Mm-hmm. So I get the impression that um, most of the Bene Gesserit don't really believe in Mirbella's Ability to transition. I yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think that's a commonly held belief. But uh, but Odrade seems to think like apparently it's important. You know, it, it's not just something that she wants to try and do. I mean, it it could be, it could even be part of a larger plan. You mm-hmm. know, it might be a weird spin on if you can't beat them, join them. But like you make them join you. You know, I don't know if uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it it also does prove that they can be changed, too, and they're not insurmountable, you know? Yeah. Like, that is a big thing to prove, when, especially now when it seems so dire and so, um, you know, bleak. Yeah, Marbella is more of a, a science experiment to the Bene Gesserit than I think she realizes, because yeah. they have one of them in in like a little petri dish or whatever for them to examine at all times. Absolutely. You know, they have their most fearsome enemy yeah. caught up in a in a mm. prison that they can't escape. You know, and they already know as much as they can. I mean they already know how they can get them, you know, on the hook. You know, it's it's with with uh with Duncan's dong. Yeah. You know? That's all it takes to yep. capture a an automator. Big old honking donkey dick Duncan Idaho. I mean, and yeah. they're they're just sucking and fucking and, <laughs> and yucking it up in that in that no ship. 
Yeah, pretty much, man. All the time. Yeah, I mean, if I don't, that's a good point. I don't know why everyone's freaking out because if Duncan just fucked every honored mater, then they'd win. They would, but Duncan would never do them. No, he won't be their stud. He won't. He won't be their stud. He will not be their stud. Um, but then also, it is. I mean, I, I just keep on thinking, um, about uh, their children, Duncan and Marbella's children. They've got like three children now or something. Yeah, yeah, right. That, I think that's kind of glossed over here, but yeah. I think they mention. Yeah, there's even another baby on the way. Yep. I forget if she's pregnant or like what, but something, something is happening there. Yeah, for sure. And in the Bene Gesserit, take each of them. Yes. For their own purposes. Yes. Yeah, right. She's had more than one kid, at least. I think she, like you're saying, I think she's had like two or three kids. Um, and each one is, yeah, like snatched away. Yep. And so, and um, they they were saying Duncan was surprisingly okay with it, like just begr- like begrudgingly accepted it, which is not really, wouldn't be in, in his nature, really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, like he he's kind of able to separate his feelings, I guess. Yeah. Um, in a way, you know, I mean that's that's what he's going to show to the Bene Gesserit because within exactly. him he is with, plotting. Within him, he he believes he, will, he knows how to escape. Right. He will not show his hand because if he does, it's over for him. Yeah. If the Bene Gesserit know he's plotting an escape, he yeah. will never make it mm-hmm. out. Um, so he's going to grin and bear it and. You know, in his mind, I think he he believes he will ultimately have his revenge. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, um, do you want to take a quick break before we tackle these last two chapters? I was gonna say, I was gonna suggest. The, I, kn- the exact I know same you were. Thing. You could tell. I know you were. I um, I'm I'm picking up on that. All so. right, cool. Take a quick uh, couple of minutes, and uh, we'll be right back. Sounds good. Okay. All right, I got a I got a cough drop while I was up, so. Ooh. Some would call uh, that a lozenge. Um, yeah. Others I mean, would call it a, c- a cough drop. Lozenge is a pretty cool word. It is. I like. I, I like it. But surprisingly, though, I I am one of the ones that call it a cough drop. I think a lot of people. I think for the most part, like cough drop is pretty American. Could be a regional thing, though. Maybe like maybe West Coast or in the South or whatever they say lozenge. I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna mention though, you know, because you're kind of moving around your mouth. I might get some good mouth noises here for all the yes, out please, there. please. Don't let all me, the weirdos out there be, be the only one. So, uh, I also wanted to to tell everyone um, that I picked up from the refrigerator um, a mm. Diet Fago, Diet Fago Cola. Sounds bad. Actually, pretty yummy. What's the point of getting a Fago Cola instead of just like a Coke? Well, I because I, I went to Aldi, and Aldi has like a lot of the uh, like knockoff brands. They they had Coke too, but it, but it, um, didn't have Coke Zero, which is my preferred Coke. So yeah. it, was, it was it was you know between this and Diet Coke, and it, and like this was like three dollars cheaper. So I was like, oh, I'm just looking to save I'll a few try bucks. This. Yeah, and it's actually pretty good. Pretty good. Might be better than Diet Coke, actually. For real. You just you love being uh, a contrarian. You know that. You you love you love to be the guy to stand up 
in a room and say, you know what? I think Diet Fago Cola is better than Diet Coke. Yeah, I mean, you love you love being that guy with the dissenting opinion. You know? I gotta stand up for what I believe in, you know. You want to be the minority. I I can't argue with you. Can't argue with you. Um, I think that attitude has rubbed off on me over the years. It's now now it's in my DNA. <laughs> Yeah, along with, like, pounds of aspartame, right? So much aspartame. It's, yeah. like, an ungodly amount. <laughs> it's okay. I've actually heard that, like, people kind of freaked out about that for a while, but after, like, more and more studies, it's it's actually not as bad as um, as it was once thought. Or, or essentially, it's, like, no worse than, like, sugar is for you anyways. Yeah. That, that's what I heard recently. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's um. I mean, unequivocally, better for you than sugar. Like, if if I were to have like one one regular soda compared to one diet soda, the effects on your body are like there's it's crazy the difference because that's like so much sugar. Yeah. And the thing with the fake chemicals like aspartame and all that is like I think like there there's there has not been much conclusive. Um, research to come out about the negative effects or positive effects on on the body with fake sugar um but the assumption is that like there could be some some long-term um issues with your body with with these chemicals but they don't they don't know that yet yeah so i'm i'll 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 be one of the guinea pigs that uh you know figures it out when i'm in my 50s totally just fine someone's gotta do it i I honestly, I think I'd rather die young than uh, than go my whole life without diet soda. So it's, I think it's a it's a it's a fair trade off. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, um, you don't want a life lived with regret. You no, know? drink that no. soda, man. No. All right, these last two chapters are a bit denser. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um. You might have to be the one to help bring me in here. Oh, I have boy. a lot of notes. All I have right. a lot of notes here. Okay. Let's go for it. Um, but chapter four, this is a really interesting chapter for Herbert because it's, you know, one chapter, but it kind of jumps between three different points in time. We get Rebecca in front of the Reverend Mother. Yeah. Or, sorry, the Automator, Automator Spider Queen. Yeah, Dama. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get like this kind of flashback to Rebecca and her husband, who is apparently dead, Shoel. Yeah, a truth sayer. Truth sayer, right? And and seems to be like the impetus for why Rebecca went down this path of becoming like a rogue Jewish reverend mother, you know. That's what it seemed like to me, like that this is kind of the window, like she's talking to him about it, like truth say your powers, and she's like yeah. very, very awed by this. Seems to, seems like it could very easily be the jumping off point for her, you know, making the decisions that, that turn her into a reverend mother ultimately. Um, but yeah, interesting. He is a truth sayer. 
And then at the end, we get Rebecca back on Gamu talking with the rabbi, her father. And now that, like, Rebecca has made this profound shift that she has taken all these memories from Lucilla in, she sees the Bene Gesserit perspective with, with enough clarity where her ideas aren't matching up with her father's anymore, you know? Not completely. And so we start to get a conflict there, too. Um, so there's not just one thing being focused on here. We learn so much about Rebecca in this chapter. It's a little overwhelming to think about, like, let's parse this out into a digestible discussion. But Yeah. Um, but, I yeah, those are the, the broadest brushstrokes of the chapter. Yeah. Is there anywhere you want to start or any thoughts you have? I mean, I, I just think it's like... It, it was funny for me because I, I think I, I read this, this like these last two, two chapters, um, maybe a few days after the, the, you know, I read the first few. Uh, yeah. And like, I was like, who the fuck is this lady? Yes. I, was like, <laughs> I didn't I was know like, who the fuck who is she. Was either. Took me, a, took, you know, me a good minute to uh, recall what, what her role was in all of this. Yeah. I went back and looked. Yeah. Until I found her, her name. And sure enough, yeah. The end of the the chapter where Lucilla meets the rabbi on Gamu. For some reason, That's I thought Rebecca she was a uh, like like an old lady. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm I'm getting confused uh, with um the Reverend Mother and Heretics that that like read that like looked old first and then looked young. Yeah, right. Remember that? Yep, I do. Yeah, she was. She was like from the scattering and like had like face dancing powers and stuff yeah too. something like that she kind of meets them briefly yeah um but yeah no so this this is the daughter of the rabbi who at some point in her past makes this very rogue decision to to go, to undergo the spice agony completely yeah. outside of the Bene Gesserit order yeah and kind of gains these reverend mother-like powers yep yep um and then, yeah, like, through necessity, because Lucilla's going to die, but her memories need to be preserved, that's where the, the switch comes on. So Lucilla, or, uh, sorry, so now, um... Rebecca. Rebecca is now carrying the memories of Lucilla and, and all the other lives that she had in her from Lampatis. Yeah. Yes. What do you think about this chapter, man? I liked it. I, I, I actually, um, thought it was interesting, the, the whole... Uh, you know, flashing back and forth in time, you know, little wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, and uh, I thought it works pretty well as a whole. Um, yeah, I, 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 I just think we got some some more depth into both both Rebecca the rabbi and um. Spider Queen, um, yeah, and I, I was happy that we did that. You know, Rebecca was not kept or or killed or anything. Um, but yeah, as far as that, as far as specifics go, uh, nothing's coming to mind. Okay, well, oh, hold on, I'm just gonna move some of this shit again. Hopefully, not too disruptive. <clears throat> Um, well, some of the stuff I want to talk about, we kind of already touched on. Like, there's this 
there's um, there's this line on two se- or sorry, not two seventy. Wow, COVID brain, COVID brain, man. COVID I don't brain. Know there's this line on page seventy where Lucilla is talking to the or God damn it, where Rebecca is talking to the rabbi. And she mentioned something from Lucilla's memories. And uh, the line goes, Rebecca could see it pleased him, the rabbi, to say Lucilla's name. If Lucilla could speak through a daughter of secret Israel, then she still lived and had not been betrayed. Yeah. So that was the line that kind of made me go back to the other chapter and be like, wait, I thought Lucilla did still live. Why do we need to like mm. take comfort in like her figurative life? But... We talked it over a bit, and I, I think you're right. Uh, it, you know, Herbert just leaves it at this very strong implication that she's like definitely dead. Just... Yeah, I I think it's more likely that she is dead, but I'm going to hold off on making any assumptions before I know. But usually, usually, uh, no, not I mean. Oh. I mean, yes, actually. Usually, in in a in a Dune book, if they're calling somebody dead, then they are dead. There's a couple of exceptions to that rule, but right. Um, Just like if they're calling someone alive, then they're alive. Yeah. I'm looking at you, preacher. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean that that's I, I fought like, that one for a long time. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I mean those those two um, exceptions were yeah. I guess both in Children of Dune, if you count the preacher and then Leto too, yeah, who die, who they thought died, but um, but usually once they're dead, they're dead. I mean, yeah. but, not, but not like really dead, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, take away the exception of like of like being a Gola or whatever, right? But. Right. Yeah, Lucilla is probably dead, but it's possible that she isn't. But like, yeah. you know, but come on, you know, come on. Come on. Which, yeah, you know, I like Lucilla. Um, I'd say out of the, the main Reverend Mother characters of Heretics, which I'd consider to be, you know, um, Odrade, Terraza, Lucilla, Lucilla was the least interesting, so I, I don't feel like I mind as much that she kind of, is, you know, is written out and, and yeah. dies here early on in the story. Um, and seems to be making room for, a, you know, what could be a very interesting character in Rebecca. So that's true. That's that is true. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, and and, you know, what's what's especially fascinating about Rebecca is that she has gained all of these Bene Gesserit memories without literally any Bene Gesserit teaching. Yeah. So that's like a really big deal for the Bene Gesserit, you know, like they were kind of worried enough as it is just with Shiana. You know, and, and she's gotten a pretty good amount of fucking training. And here it's like this massive store of very valuable knowledge is just like mm-hmm. funneled into her. And yeah, she's pretty much like the least qualified mm-hmm. person you could have other than that. She was capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, so she kind of like keeps she's like learning things about them as she as the memories come to her. And one of the things is uh, this on page 71, 71. Um, let me find it though. It's 
Poe, here we go. Here we go. Essentially, the rabbi is wondering what do the Bene Gesserit want. His line is, what is it the lady says they seek? And Rebecca's, like, kind of unbiased answer is, influence on the maturing of humankind. And I, I really liked this line because... It, it's really simple once it's written out like that, you know? But I think it says so much about, like, what Herbert's thought process is on writing the Bene Gesserit. Because, a, you know, sometimes the modern day discussion of 2021 reading these books mm -hmm. from the 60s through the 80s, um, you know, can can be seen through a lens of eugenics. That's a word that's thrown around a lot. Yep. Um, and I, I think for reasons that are fair, and then sometimes it's kind of like hyperbolized and exaggerated into the realm of like, well, I, I think you're you're painting with too broad a brushstroke because mm -hmm. I, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? And I, I really like this line because I think it's something very clear to point to where it's like that, that I believe it shi shines a light on like what Herbert's thoughts on the Bene Gesserit are and how and why they, they take such an interest in their breeding program. Yeah. You know, and it just feels like to so succinctly like, lay the Bene Gesserit mission statement out, it it's still not necessarily good, but it feels a little bit like, less like eugenics and a little bit more like CRISPR. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? By, do you know what CRISPR is? Yeah, the, the uh, genetic, you know, um, modification thing. Right, which... It's like very early days and, you know, people were freaking out about it when it, it was kind of gaining some steam before. And, it, you know, it's, it's happening right now, obviously. There's scientists working on it at this very second somewhere on the planet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that really calls into question all about, like, well, if we're able to change things about humanity at a certain point, especially if we're able to change things that, like, would largely be regarded as like a net negative then you know would we get rid of that like mm -hmm. does humanity have the oh, does humanity have the right to change those things you know um if if you could remove the gene that you know would make people more likely to get cancer a certain way or whatever would you do that and it might be like oh yeah yeah right you should do that but then there's like some much more murky ones where you know i, I think people fear like kind of a homogenization of humanity and also like you know who's making the decisions of what is negative about humanity in the first place yeah uh, i i think it you know it obviously is a, a very tricky thing and it, and it harkens all the way back to you know like you talked about the holocaust and um 
but yeah, I think it always depends. It's it's always a um, depends on context and intent, right? And um, I mean, I guess it's 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 fine. It's fine, you know. But um, you know, you can't use it if if it necessitates having to, you know, exterminate a population, whether that's people people with a specific gene you want to, you know, get rid of. Um, like obviously that that's the line that uh, right that seems to always be be crossed or ha- has to be crossed to get these things done, and that's the line that you can't cross. And I think that's when you lose your humanity. Yeah, and and right for what it's worth, you know the Bene Gesserit don't exterminate others; no. they just promote the the genes and and you know yeah. that, that they believe need to be passed on. Um, but I I just I think it's interesting. Because I wonder if, like, the Bene Gesserit, and it'd be very different because we've talked about this before, but, like, if the Bene Gesserit, um, like, went about the same things, but were using, like, what we consider to be, like, more modern-day scientific tools to do it, you know, like, using uh, incredibly fine, you know, tools to... Uh, you know, change something about like the egg or something about mm-hmm. like someone's DNA, things like that. Like, if it were if it were separated from, you know, breeding and sexuality and like mating humans together, um, I mean, it would still come under criticism because I think it's more like the idea that like you know, do humans have the right to change these things yeah. about themselves? But like, I think. I, I bring this all up because we also know that Herbert like takes these like fundamental aspects of humans, abilities that humans already have, and then extrapolates them into like incredibly far, super exaggerated versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, like we always say, we see that with Mentats, we see that with the voice, whatever. Yes. But I think it's also worth noting that like that's that's what the Bene Gesserit are doing with the breeding program too, right? You know, that like, um, that, that the things that humanity is experimenting with today in our real world really like are the things that the Bene Gesserit are doing in Herbert's Dune novels. But he imagines a future where, you know, the, the science isn't outside of ourselves. It's something that we've learned about our own genetics. You know, yes. it's it's that you can't take away the human element. I mean, Herbert believes very strongly that, like, these things that create people can't be broken down into mm-hmm. a zero and one kind of science. That there's, like, that mystical energy of humanity, you know, that you still need, a, you know, two people to fuck. In order to make that special baby, yeah. yes, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and again, I don't know. It's like it's like I'm not going to sit here and say like whether that's uh, good or bad because I don't want to be here all day and I don't want to go further into the conversation. But this line that the Bene Gesserit that their entire order revolves around the idea of them maintaining influence on the maturing of humankind 
I think it's easy. It's like to level the ac- accusation, like, well, who are the Bene Gesserit to be the arbiters of where humanity matures and how? I think that's like the biggest thing. But the idea that humanity has the ability to evolve and edit itself is very real. It's something mm-hmm. that we are dealing with now, and it's what the the Bene Gesserit are like, kind of used for as the stand-ins in in Herbert's novels. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean. Not that they're like strictly like benevolent or whatever. Like, I think a big a big factor of them not using technology in their their genetics research or ev- evolution is because of the jihad. You know, like uh, yeah, true, right? Uh, Butlerian jihad. So yeah, it. I mean, I guess it's just like. To me, it's like, yeah, humans in their brain power can do all the awful things that you're scared of computers doing in the future, too, uh, which is kind of funny. But yeah, but yeah, we don't really delve into the morals of of what they're doing, and I think I think um, you know, looking after the maturation of humanity is is uh, is a nice a nice way to look at it. But it's it's certainly a more rosy one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... And I think I'm going to move on to my next point here, and then I'll, I'll I'll try and pick it up. But um, the other thing about the conversation between the rabbi and Rebecca is Rebecca was like very much um, influenced by her Jewish father, right? Like so before this. A massive change in her she was Jewish and she still is it's not like she isn't Jewish anymore but what becomes very clear over the course of their conversation is that um, that by Rebecca's becoming a reverend mother she's suddenly questioning the things that she had been taught through the Jewish faith yes yeah you know? that's a big part of their conversation <clears throat> it she's, is and she's scaring him <clears throat> Yes, she is. And I, I think it it kind of slides well into what we were just discussing. Because, um, again, I think any number of, of discussions could be had on the morality of the, the Bene Gesserit. Um, but I, I think that Herbert, as with most things, isn't here to give you an answer. Um, he brings in another school of thought in order to challenge and to get you to think about it. And Mm -hmm. so it's, I think it's the most interesting way he's used like these Jewish characters to bring in Judaism into his story. Uh, because, because, uh, the rabbi says after... Rebecca explains, you know, that the Bene Gesserit are trying to mature humanity through uh, genetic manipulation. Yeah. The rabbi says, do we interfere with a higher plan? Do we interfere with a higher plan? Nobody has ever asked that question in all six Doom books, Scholar. Not a mm-hmm. single person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I myself, you know, uh, am not religious. Um, but that's not important. I love, I actually really love that Herbert, 
did this. I think if he plays this up in a way that that doesn't feel like he's building up these these people of the Jewish faith just to knock them down and be like, oh no, they were stupid for believing this. Like then I'm gonna be like, come on, like yeah, agreed. I really hope that he allows like the faith aspect to be on some kind of equal footing, just just in terms of like the understanding of the universe, you yeah. know, just yeah. as like a, some kind of an equal lens because we haven't really seen people of like spirituality in a way that hasn't felt, um, manipulative. Mm-hmm. So far, Very religion true. has only been used to control people. Yeah. And the Bene Gesserit are the most guilty of all because mm-hmm. that's what the missionary protectiva is. Yep. Um, and I, I think at least for this one conversation, um, like Herbert brings in this religious perspective in a, in a really grounded way. Like he's, he's challenging the Bene Gesserit institution here, you know, um, by bringing in this other character and, and just saying like, should you even be doing what you're doing in the first place you know he, he is and that, yeah. that's a huge thing to ask and and you got to think too like at the time especially i mean even now but um you know kind of feels like a uh like a real world conduit you know um there's plenty of people reading reading this for the first time that were probably you know religious or maybe had similar thoughts and so th- this is one of the first times we have somebody you know challenging them in in a meaningful way it's funny because it is all about believing in a higher power and stuff but it feels like this is like it's the first time that they're that their ideals are challenged in a real way and by real i mean real to us like real to uh, humanity now as we know like it's that that's that's obviously a common question asked today by yeah by religious uh people and and even 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 not not really religious people um but right uh yeah so i I do i I do think that's interesting Mm -hmm. and um it's a little tough because you know there's also a lot of um there's also a lot of like areas where you know i think bringing in religion is uh not helpful Mm -hmm. and and sometimes it's you know has more power and sway than it needs as well. But I think yeah. in in this context, as a means of like what what does humanity itself have the right to do and how do we perceive the universe? You know, I mean I think though that is really where um religion has a very real place, you know? And um I think Herbert handles it pretty well because it's so often it's been just used as like a tool to control people in doom. But yeah, here it, it feels like it feels like religion is still a, a tool. I think the rabbi recognizes that that religion is still a tool. Mm. But yeah. um that it does something else. I wanna I wanna read just the whole line here. Mm-hmm. He says, Do we interfere with a higher plan? It is the right of humans to set limits. Or sorry, not it is. Is it, that's super important, Mm. COVID brain, sorry, (laughs) 
Is it the right of humans to set limits on the nature of Yahweh? I think Leto II understood that. This lady in you denies it. Uh, and so, like, I feel like instead of religion being used as a tool to control people, the rabbi kind of recognizes it, it can also be a tool to restrain people, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And, like, it's, it's this way of keeping in check like the hubris and the arrogance of humanity. Mm. And like it said that Leto understood these limits, it almost feels like it almost feels like religion can be looked at as like another kind of like invisible tyrant. It's this thing that Yeah, yeah. I don't know, that like controls humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that's I mean that's certainly how Lito used it, and and how I mean, it 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 is used, or has been used historically, just on a different level. Um, yeah, I I mean, it is interesting. Him being you know a man of such faith, but but still intimately knowing that and knowing the uh, the ways it can be manipulated. Yeah, he seems like he he's he's not like Waff, you know. No, no, he's not. No, he's he's not going to bow down or or fall over any side of his his god. You know, he's it seems like a more um, I don't know a, a more general or <coughs> subtler faith or it's it, 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 there's not much fervor to it you know yeah right like waff was a real fanatic he was like yeah. completely at the mercy of his his yes. faith he, yeah. he was kind of ready to believe anything yeah you know, that's how the that's how terraza manipulates him and odrade right like um even though he should have known better mm -hmm. but yeah um the rabbi seems you know, to to kind of understand both sides, like the spiritual argument and like the the more grounded scientific argument, and like he he chooses to be a man of faith. You know, I, but I, yes, I think yes, he knows exactly. how the real world works. Yeah, you know, yep, absolutely. And I think maybe he ha he has to because I mean, they spent you know their lives hiding, so they have to blend in somehow. You know, yes, good point. Um, right, they, you can't they, just they, be a they, they they can't openly, you know, um, practice, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's – I think that plays a huge part in his attitude. Great point. All right. Um, yeah, I think – I think that's about it. I mean, I wanted to talk about those big things. Um, my My – I have a couple other I'm going to skip over, to be honest. But the only other note I want to talk about, page 78, which I think is like the end of the chapter. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let me just find one more line. I'm, I know I've been doing a lot more line reading lately, but I, I feel like it's been helping me. I hope that's all right. Yeah, no, I, I, I encourage it. It, yeah. it reminds me of, of uh, the context. Not too, not too stuffy for you, you know? Does it feel a little stuffy? Your your voice? 
No, no, I don't know. Like, you know, because we're like the Dune dudes, and we're just like two dudes who talk about Dune. But like, is it like a little, you know, a little more like academic? Uh, more like I, boring, I don't, you know I, mean? I don't think so. I think, it, I think it almost always adds to it. So yeah, All right. I mean, you know, we're, I mean, we're still two dudes, right? I mean, we're two dudes who happen to know how to read. We can, we can, we can, read <laughs> sentences. We can actually read sentences. You can't take that away from us. No, you Dan. can't. All right. <clears throat> um, uh, what line am I looking for? Whose line is this, anyways? Who's, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, okay. So, Rebecca and the rabbi are. Are, are talking about ancestors and payment, which I thought was also really interesting. Um, um, I don't really know where to start, so I'm just going to read a bit of this section and mm-hmm. see where that gets us. So, um, So it starts with, Rebecca speaking, she says, Our ancestors did things for which payment must be made. That I understand, Rebecca. It is a balance that... And then he gets cut off. Don't tell me you understand when I know you don't. She stood and glared down on him. It's not a balance book that you set aright. How far back would you go? Rebecca, I am your rabbi. You must not talk this way, especially to me. The further... The further back you go, Rabbi, the worse the evil atrocities and higher the price. You cannot go back that far, but I am forced to it. Um, yeah, I guess I... I do want to read just the line just before that, that exchange... Rebecca says, out of all these realizations, Rabbi, the thing I must deal with most immediately and without respite is that there are no innocents. Yeah. Which I think is big in Dune, too. But mm-hmm. essentially, you know, Rebecca is feeling cursed with having not just memories, but apparently, like, ancient memories of, like, horrible, yeah. unknown, like, primitive atrocities. Mm-hmm. Things that... You know, I have probably been lost to history that she just has, like, yes. intimate, vivid uh, memories of sitting right there in her brain. Yep. Um, so, I don't know. The, like, I guess the two things to touch on for me are, like, the idea of ancestors and payment. Because I think that's kind of almost all what Dune is about. I mean, Dune is about so many things. To say it's about one is not right. But, I mean, like, a huge thing in Dune. Oh, yeah, that's a major major theme. Yeah. I mean, every book is the payment of a previous ancestor, Mm -hmm. right, in a way. Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. And so it it just keeps going on down the line. I mean, Herbert is, is, like, at once commenting that You know, it feels like it's almost this idea that, like, all people are sort of born into a terrible purpose, whether or not they realize it. Like, 
yeah. everyone is is living in a kind of world where we need to like recognize and and reconcile with like the sins of our past as mm. we learn them. Yep. Um, you know, but then also, and uh, to say this is a libertarian idea is a stretch, but I feel like it's like a libertarian overlap. But the idea that humanity gets worse the further back you go. Um, that's I, something I'm not really sure is true at all. No, I, I don't think. It, I, <laughs> I mean, don't believe that. That is that that is a a, a kind of a libertarian idea in the, in the sense that you know the free market will regulate itself and you know pull people out of poverty and this that and then yeah. And this, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so that's Herbert maybe, maybe pushing that to its furthest extension, like he does everything else, right? Yeah. Um, but again, something that I don't know if he really yeah. thought through as much. I mean, I, I think it's probably an idea that would have been more popular during his time. Definitely. You know? Oh, but yeah. Like... Well, think of, I mean, just think of the 80s, right? That's a, that's, that is prosperity right there. So yeah. That's, that's before it all came crashing down right yeah so there's there's still like that popular idea of like the arc of history you know that yeah. like even as like atrocities occur and horrible things happen that like the net movement of all of collective humanity is marginally better as time goes on yes yep um which i also don't think is right no no it's it's <laughs> It's not right, and it's it it feels like an excuse to rationalize the bad things that are currently happening, yeah, and, and, and not want to do anything about them because oh they'll get better eventually, you know. Right. Remember yeah. it was worse back then. <laughs> yeah, it's very much that. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see that. It kind of feels like Rebecca leaves with the upper hand, you know. That oh, like, she absolutely she absolutely does. Yeah, she she throws him for a loop. Yeah. So I, I think the rabbis, not necessarily his faith is like scrambled or, or challenged, but like, I, I sort of this idea that like, you know, religion also has a lot to do with like darkness and sin mm. and evil, you know, and Rebecca is like, you know, to you, those are only words that you read in a holy book, but to me, it's like a nightmare inside of my brain at all yeah. times. Yeah. Like, you know, so don't tell me what you what you think you know when it's in my head, you know. Exactly. Um, what, yeah, yep, yep. Cuz I've 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 seen it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um I mean, I we didn't even talk about we didn't even talk about Rebecca meeting the the freaking uh honored mater superior but we don't have to i think that kind of speaks for itself it does happen but like it does the, happen the big she, things i want to talk she about acts like an honored mater she does right is so. is kind of too cocky to realize who rebecca is we think yep and uh, also too cocky to hold her and lets her lets her off just because she's mad at uh what's her face logno i think lot, yeah yeah so. Yeah, Logno calls her Dama in in the presence of yes, everyone else. Yes, which is no, like, no, that's fucking a dare you. that's a private name, right? That's come on, that's that's just for our time in the bedroom, you know. Yes, exactly, exactly. You're gonna throw that out here? Come on. 
No way. Come on. Log, no way. Yeah. Well, there's our episode title. There you go. Glad, glad we got that. Not easy. Out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. A lot of, lot of stuff on the periphery of this chapter. I mean, like, I think Shoal will be an interesting character to talk about later on, too. But for right now, let's let's wrap up with chapter five. You ready, man? Let's do it. Let's do it. Fucking do it. Fucking do it. Fucking ready. All right. Chapter five is Duncan. The D-Man. Duncan, Duncan is exploring the no-ship. He thinks about a lot of things. Yes. Ends up in the almost impossibly... Well, the no-ship itself is impossibly massive. Yeah. The no-ship itself... I don't think there's, like, specific dimensions given for it, but, like, literally the way it's described, the way that, like, it's very clear that you could spend your entire life being a prisoner within the no-ship and probably not even feel like a prisoner because you can't even feasibly see all of it in a... Like, this is like if you were the only person except for two other people in all of Manhattan and you just had your whole life to, like, walk around. Yeah. Like... This the scale of Herbert's ships really are like it's it's honestly almost stupid when he writes about it because it just doesn't make sense to me mm. really or it's just it's so impractical to the point where like I can't I don't really believe it but it doesn't matter because it's like that's part of why like Herbert's universe is like crazy and cool and stuff I like yeah. that the ships are that big it's just like not that giant ships are weird in sci-fi because like even the death star is the size of a moon but i just mean like i don't know the scale is very large it is it's yeah it's almost impossible to comprehend but uh one day our brains will be sufficiently expanded we will be able to yeah comprehend us uh a ship that, that big and, and create it. And that day will be October 22nd when you and I go see the Doom premiere and Hell. we get to see those giant ships on the big screen, Hell baby. Yeah. Hell freaking yeah. Hell freaking yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. He, he uh, finds himself at the end of the chapter in like, like the, the giant holding chamber, Worm, which is now gone. Mm. Um. And Odrade meets there with him. Odrade and Duncan have a conversation um, about some stuff. And then our chapter ends. And a lot of the specifics that I'm going to talk about, I don't don't remember. And they're in my notes, just like everything else. Sure. And I'm just going to go through the same-ass shit. Is there anything you want to say, man? Um, I mean, I thought I thought this was an interesting chapter, especially you know Duncan and Odrade's conversation. Um, like usual, they both have different plans for each other, and they both seem to know more than than the other one thinks they do, but also know less at the same time. So it's I don't know. It's a similar position where they're they're one step ahead of each other, but also one step behind each other, just because uh, there's aberrations in what each one thinks the other one is up to. 
Yeah. Like they each have half a picture and like Yeah. They're they're pretty sure that they filled in the blanks the right yes. way, but like it's not right. It's not actually right. No, it's it? not. Yeah. I, th- I think that's how I think that's pretty much how their relationship is how it's been. Um and yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um obviously it has to do with, you know, Shiana and Duncan planning their escape as well as, you know, Odrade and her 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 plans for Duncan, you know, I mean she finally got him to admit that he's a mentor. Yes. Yes. Which is which is big because there's so many implications to that because mm-hmm. if he's a mentat then they also know he has memories of more than one goal a lifetime because they know he wasn't a mentat yes. before yes yes very true yeah and, and so then i mean that that cracked open the egg you know and yes and so now they know they know that he has yep. he has other memories of himself exactly and like if that's not crazy enough it it confirms the fear of the Bene Gesserit that that um, he's a, he could be a latent Kwisat Tatarak. Yeah. Um, so there there is still like that Kwisat Tatarak um, idea hanging around, and mm. and Duncan is still. You know, it's still possible to to like revive that kind of person through him, even more, even further. It is, it is. So, you know, I know in Heretics we were like, "Holy shit, are we gonna get Quasar's Hatterack Duncan?" And then like, didn't happen. But like in Chapter House, we're kind of back to being like, "We could get Quasar's Hatterack Duncan." We could. It can, ha- it can we, happen. Yeah, we could. I mean, there's there's still Quasar's Hatterack esque like potential with you know duncan again baby miles tag Duncan's yeah. kids like there's there's many many ways that could go um even shiana even shiana has has uh that kind of unknowable potential not necessarily quite that's haterac but something something more yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of possibilities existing within these characters. Yeah. Um but Duncan is definitely at, at this point the most feared. Feared yeah. by the Bene Gesserit. Mm-hmm. Uh and feared by the Honor Maters, you know. Even, yeah. even the Bene Gesserit are like, yeah, maybe we just killed, you know. It's true. So um, and then I, I think the other the other thing in this chapter we got something like this in Heretics too, but it, it feels like it could mean more, especially now that Duncan has awakened to his memories. Um, but when he goes, he finds himself drawn to where the worm was held because there's still like spice lingering in this massive chamber. Yeah. And Duncan will sometimes get these visions. He's reactive to the spice and he will like see an old man and woman Mm -hmm. 
but it's even it's what's crazy is it 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 feels like it's not just a vision where he's seeing them they can see him too yeah do you remember that i do remember that now that you're now that you're bringing it up and then and then uh odrade walks in he he, he thinks she's the old woman at first yes and, yeah. yes yep um yeah i what do you think that's all about Dude, I really <laughs> don't fucking know because if if it were one if it were yeah if it, if if it were Duncan just observing them it'd be easy to be like he's having like some 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 crazy you know memory visions that yeah. are like hallucinations but there's this line. He says, they always noticed him eventually. He heard their voices. There he is again, Marty, the man would say, calling the woman's attention to Idaho. I wonder how it is he can look through. That's like my old man voice. That was good. Yeah. I I don't know. What's funny is like they just seem like regular old. Like I'm literally imagining like just like these two like old as fuck like just like trembling you know like shuffling yeah. they, they just came out of a freaking diner and they're gonna go play bingo and they have like those colossal fucking glasses and hair coming out of their ears and you know pants you know like i imagine them like just like two old ass people today. yeah like like, like the like old. um the old guy from up yeah for real yeah i mean they i, don't I even... uh they're just confused. They're very confused. Yeah, it, it makes you think like, well, is Duncan actually where he thinks he is? You know, I mean that's, uh, I don't know, or or is it just a, it, is it a hallucination? Um, of some my sort? my thought is somehow he's connecting two points in time. Mm. I think there's like the present that Duncan's experiencing. And then maybe another time in the future or the past where these old people are living. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it could be somewhere else in space at the same time. But for some reason, I feel like because he has all these other lives in him, it it might be like some insane time travel. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, we we saw what happened to, to Tag when he got super started you know i mean could could duncan have the ability to do this somehow yeah we just it's not fully unlocked yet yeah um i don't know it's just so weird that they both see each other it is weird yeah it is that's that's the most mysterious part yeah um but yeah i don't know it's cool the whole vision is really interesting he says at the beginning that um the great hold like vanishes. And then he says the net shimmering in a molten sky. He was aware when the vision came, he was not really seeing a net. Um, it's a shimmering net undulating, like an infinite Borealis is how it's written. Mm. I, that was a cool line. Cause it, it makes me think of the way Paul saw time during his awakening. Yeah, I remember right. he describes it as like that flowing cloth and you could like mm-hmm. you could see the hills and valleys and ripples. 
part of what makes me feel like he is Kwisatz Haderachy, the way that he describes the more it. You're, the more you're saying it, the more I agree with you. Um, you know? Yeah. Because that's, I don't know, the whole... I mean, the it net, could even be... Cloth, yeah. I don't know. It, it could even be a deeper understanding of previous lives where you can, like, interact... And it's like you're there, but you're not. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Like it's so vivid and real. Like you can, you can, you can actually create like this universe of the past within yourself, but you know. Right. Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but something like something like that. No, maybe because that's, in a way, that is what. Leto had to run away from yeah, the temptation exa- of, exactly to to stay there. Yeah, losing his life in the in the reality of those memories. Mm. You know that yeah. he could go anywhere. He could travel in time. He mm. really could. Mm-hmm. It's just in his own brain. Exactly. But he could do it. Exactly. Yep. Um, so yeah, maybe Duncan is experiencing something similar. That it, it's just that he sees the visions like around him instead of within him yeah um but at this point it's just way too early to tell it's just just kind of crazy that's even happening but it it makes me think you know in heretics one of the first chapters we get with him he says that you know there would be times where he would just stare at this wall for long enough and he'd see a vision of a woman you know yeah and he always wondered if it was his mother this this feels like it's linking that together here because we never really get any clarity on right. that. It's just you're something right. that happens. You're right about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, damn. Yeah, it could all connect. Yeah. Um. Man. I, Leto and Odry, or, uh, Duncan and O'Dry's conversation, they cover a lot of ground. They talk about Sightail. They talk about face dancers. Um. But but really what I want to mention is Odrade, upon recognizing that, or up, upon getting the admission, I mean, she kind of already knew it and just had to lead Duncan to saying it. But yeah, upon them being on the same page that Duncan uh, indeed has the other lives of his past, Odrade is kind of like, we want to know about Leto, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And Duncan's thinking about, like, the freaking millions of times he was killed, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, it, it makes sense that the Bene Gesserit are, like, very interested in being able to pick the brain of someone with, like, multiple first-hand experience with, like, the fucking God Emperor. Um, yeah. But there's this line on page 91 um, where Duncan is talking about Leto. It's at the top. Uh, it's something that we talked about before, but I I, I I like when we... I feel like sometimes I find validation in the text here because I think sometimes we'll talk about these ideas throughout mm-hmm. our reading, and then eventually Herbert will kind of back around, come back around and be like, yeah. that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, on page 91... Duncan says, Leto thought of all humankind as a single organism. Um, I mean, 
I mean, I forget if that's been spelled out the same way in other books or not too. But at any rate, I remember us talking about it quite a bit. And I, 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 I just agree. Think it's cool to see that here. Yeah, I don't think it has been spelled out explicitly until now, um, but but that that stuck out to me too. Yeah, because it's it's so right, and uh, we, we've definitely we've definitely talked about that. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like it's it's kind of the one. Well, there are other things that, like, you could say, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I get why Leto does this, or I get why Leto does that. I mean, mm-hmm. you, could, you could talk about, like, his very real emotions, his own love. Like, there's there's other reasons to explain yes. Leto's struggles and why he does the thing he does. But I, I think the biggest, I don't know, I think the biggest thing to be like, man, you know, isn't Leto horrible? And it's like, yes. But his perception of humanity is so different from humanity's perception of humanity, it almost separates him from from the same kind of guilt. Like if a person, if a real human did the same thing that Leto did, you'd be like, well, that's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. But Leto, who has made this horrible sacrifice to become this other thing... And for the record, I personally don't really give a shit, and I also think he's beyond forgiveness, and I don't really give a fuck about Leto. But for the purposes of the narrative, it's very, very interesting to see this line come up. Um, That Leto thought of all humankind as a signal organism. That the things he did, no matter how horrible, you know, it's kind of like pruning a flower. You just cut off the dead parts, you know? If you're the end of the stem that gets cut off, I mean, you're dead. Yeah, That's a bad time for you. But for the rest of the flower, that's what inhibits its growth, you know? Like, you need to change things about things in order to have it grow sometimes. To do that on the scale of all humanity is kind of, like, repugnant and terrible, but yes, the argument is, like, well, they all get to live in the end, right? Yep. So, so that's still being, that's still being brought up, too. Well, yeah, they're still reconciling with it, right? Yeah. And I'm going to wrap up here, Connor. There really, 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 really are more things I could talk about. It's really a lot in this chapter. But I just want to say, the at the end of the chapter, Odrade says, Will you be my men's hat, Duncan? <laughs> and, you know, Duncan, Duncan just responds, What choice do I have? But, um, you know, the, the fact that their relationship is going to go this way, or could go this way, I think is pretty cool, because... You know, we've had Mentats, but, you know, if we're getting back into, like, a leadership Mentat advisor role, that could be kind of cool. Because that hasn't really been a thing since, um, you know, Duke Leto and Thufir Hot. I it feel has like. not. I mean, I mean, hate, kind of, but, yeah. Yeah, there, right, there was a bit of Aaliyah and, um, right, hate Duncan and, and children, but... Mm. I feel like Aaliyah was already so far gone. Well, no, that... I think... Well, I mean, really, Hate was, was really Paul's advisor in Messiah before he was Duncan. Oh, you're t- right. You're, okay, yeah. Yeah, Mentat um, Hate. I kind of forgot if he if Hate played a Mentat role or not. Oh, that, was, that was the intention. Yeah. I, I, I remember thinking that we saw more of it in, in Children than of than in, in messiah but but that was the that was the intention right yeah 
Um, right, and then and then children like Duncan now like reborn from hate um, does does go through like mentat computations, and we actually get some really good like in depth yeah. writing on how yep. that works. Yep. But like those are great. Their, their great dynamic scenes. is twisted. You know, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not the so, same. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you're right. It has not been the same since since Howa and uh, and Duclido and uh peter and the baron oh right and the baron yeah yeah yeah. so it it feels like we could be setting ourselves up for that duncan's probably thinking like this is kind of like could be the first step in me getting out of here you know to get yes closer oh yeah oh yeah i mean he 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 says this chapter i think that he knows he he thinks he knows the way out right he does yep Mm -hmm. um yeah um the the only 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 other thing that I think is is cool to bring some attention to is just I think they're talking about um, that like kind of any day now Shiana is expecting like worms or, or yes. sand trout to like yep. return yeah but I mean Odrade says that but I feel like Shiana is less optimistic yeah at the moment. Um, yeah, we we don't know where that's going, but I, I I think during that conversation they kind of mentioned that um, you know I mean that that if that occurs, one of the things they need to understand is that eventually the whole planet will become a desert, and it kind of I feel like I had this like aha moment where like holy shit, Rakus was destroyed in heretics and that is a huge deal mm-hmm. but just like the humans in herbert's universe dune can be revived like a gola somewhere else yeah it's so just true. because rackus or arrakis or whatever you want to call it because that oh because that's what what duncan calls out to odrade odrade calls the planet rackus Duncan says, call it Dune. Yeah. If you call it Rackus, then you're like only, I don't know, you're like confusing something in your head or you're, yeah. you're like creating this like separation. He says, call it Dune. You'll be able to think more clearly about these things. Yeah, it's only Dune now. And so it's like, it's like that idea that like any planet can be Dune. And I feel like that makes what's so much sense about calling it Dune in the first place. It's like, I remember when we first started reading Dune, and we're like, wait, Dune isn't even Dune. Dune is Arrakis. Yeah. And they call it Dune, right? And, like, yeah, having, like, common names for things, is that's going to be true of a ton of places. Like, that in and of itself isn't too interesting or whatever. But I feel like at this point in the saga, to think, like, that it's kind of that separation that could mean a world of difference now. Pun intended, by the way. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you know? that was good. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're right. And I, and I feel like in a way, like whatever comes next, if like Chapter House is the new Dune, which the title suggests it is. Um, yeah. Like, is that any different than the or is, is that any greater of a difference than the difference between Rackus and Arrakis, you know, or, you know, Leto's Leto's planet to Paul's planet, you know, mm-hmm. Um or even before that, like those are different planets, like with super different yeah. ecosystems, and the, the the the. But the history of Dune is is what connects them. So, 
right? I think, I think that that will will remain true with with whatever next iteration occurs, even though physically they are they are not the same. Right. Absolutely. And and what I love about that is like that just makes me think about Duncan because yeah. he he also has like that incredibly long shared history that at this point in the story he's he's finally open to you know he's mm-hmm. finally aware of all these other lives you know and he says he only thinks of it as one life yes importantly yeah. too yeah. you know to him it's not just a whole bunch of separated times where he died and no. was revived to him he has lived one incredibly long life yeah. where he dies within it mm-hmm. you know um and and that's really fascinating to think about and it, it, it just it just feels like um i don't know that i i, I guess i i want to think more about it but you know it, it just feels like herbert is kind of setting up duncan and and dune itself kind of parallels like i'm almost thinking like duncan has some sort of like dune personification that like i i haven't recognized until this point dune kin um, yeah Mm-hmm. It's right there in the name. <laughs> it's right there in the name, baby. It's right there in the name. How could we have been so blind? I know, absolutely. It's my fucking COVID vision, man. <laughs> I can't. Uh, That's it. Really fucked me up. I know. Oh my god. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's uh, let's call it. Unless you want to add anything. Let's wrap it up, baby. All right. All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Dune Dudes Pod. Come for the podcast, save for the memes, baby. Yes, yes. Um, if you want to email us at doondudespod at gmail.com, that would be sweet. If you want to rate and review and subscribe, that would be sweet, too. Um, we want to be 202 in, in, in podcasts about Dune by dudes yeah. all Hell across yeah. the world. All across Hell the world. Yeah. Uh, we're also at Corrupted TV on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time. Connor. Remember whether you think you Dune can or you Dune can't, you're right. Wow. <laughs>